Hey babes, it's Topher. Right up top, just wanted to let y'all know that we had a little fun with the new format for Nadia's guest hosting bit. So basically, we're just going to run through the plot and analysis all at once. It's definitely going to be a long one, so strap in. Uh, feel free to take a break. We definitely took a couple. We definitely were here for almost three hours and talking for at least two and a half of that. Uh, we had a great time talking about a film we love. We hope you enjoy. Thanks so much, babes. Bye. Sorry, no. <laughs> right? This is this has been going on in my head all day. Almost, almost like a TD, like forty-one, we'll say. Sure. You, and I also look. find that, like, with really hot people, there. This is a this is a hot person theory I've had. Really hot people are hottest in like their forties and fifties. I think. Like, that, I'm excited. Men and women, like it's just because when you th- think about like fucking Jillian Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> I hope thirty's not my peak. <laughs> I hope I'm sliding into a good 40s. I also think like everybody has a peak age, but for like yeah. a lot of people, it's 40s and 50s. I'd agree with that. That's a good way to start the podcast. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> sure. Let's let's just go. Let's do this. All right. Well, welcome to Horror Babes. You're hearing a new voice and you're missing one. Uh, Nicole's not here this week. She died. She's gone. She's been No, fine. Nicole. She's in jail. Is, I like Nicole. No, Nicole's in jail. So I have my wonderful guest co-host this week, Nadia Sepsimal. Hi, Topher. Hi, Nadia. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm a little bit nervous. I haven't done this sort of podcast um, ever before in my life, but oh, I've always no. wanted to. So you're a first for us in a couple of ways, and this is a first for you. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah, because you're our first co-host, Ooh. first guest on this version of the podcast. Well, that's very exciting. Well, I'm glad to be here, and uh, I hope I, I do this justice. Yeah, you'll be and, fine. Uh... Don't worry. <laughs> You won't be worse than me, and that's not a high bar, but it is a bar. Oh, stop. So what are we doing today? We are talking about Annihilation. Annihilation. Which we have talked about so much off mic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just in general because of our love of Alex Garland, which we are going to do a lot of on that, just a heads up on that. He's great. And we were just <clears> talking <throat> about how hot he is He's as well. stupid hot. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. So Annihilation, a 2018 horror sci-fi film based on the book by Jeff Vandermeer. Like we said, Alex Garland wrote and directed this. We've got Natalie Portman, an amazing Jennifer Jason Lee. Jennifer Jason Lee, she appeared. I, I just, I mean, this is in my notes actually, but like <laughs> the first time I saw the film, she appeared on screen, and I got really, really happy. She was a, she was a, um, an acting inspiration for me in a oh, major way yeah. when I was younger. It's also very funny that we're talking about this, and we're going to talk about how absurd it is that this movie wasn't nominated, but yeah. Jennifer Jason Lee, Noah Baumbach's ex-wife, and Truth. this marriage story was about her. Truth. So that's fun. That's just like a thing I was thinking about this morning. It's like, oh, huh, this is timely. Mm-hmm. Tessa Thompson fucking killing it in her, like... I think weirdest role for me. For sure weirdest and least kind of Tessa role. She's yeah. usually playing these like very bold, uh, slightly scary people. Yeah. Or she's at least got like a statement of a character. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry to bother you. She wasn't scary at all. She, but she was very... Um, Just aggressively it, hot and cool. Outgoing and yeah. like creative. And this was kind of, her character was sort of soft and a little bit... Meek in every yeah. sense of the word. Yeah. Gentle. Yeah. Oh, fuck. And her and Thor Ragnarok is yeah. just, it's a mood. Yeah. Just up and down, left and right. I'm like, yeah, no. I, also Westworld, where she's you. like terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have Oscar Isaac as one of the first ever fridged husbands I've ever seen. Oh, interesting. It's such That's a cool inversion true. of that trope. And like, I don't really like to go too deep into tropes because it, I think, simplifies media too much. Mm-hmm. But he's so good in this in like the 30 seconds of screen time he has. Oh, well, he's he's great. He's so much more used. Like, he's used in a really interesting way, but he's kept out of the film in an interesting way. And I'll contrast that with uh, Margot Robbie, which in a movie I just watched the other day. 
Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, that yeah. Where she's just like there. Well, yeah, it's that thing where the um, the significant other is at once a person, also an idea. Yeah, like that, like lives in. In this case, I think it's it it's her. her the filter is that he she sees him through his grief. Right. Um, so yeah. you you're never like sort of reliably seeing him. Yeah, and it's it's yeah, and just to explain the the fridge trope, yeah, it's it's like that, or it's also known as the his wife trope. Oh yeah, uh, like the one of my favorite examples of it is in The Rock. Michael Bay, 96, I want to say. With oh Nick my Cage. God, The Rock! And fucking, uh, uh, what's his goddamn name? I love him. Ed Harris. Yeah. Uh, the tombstone literally just says, his wife. Right! <laughs> oh man, The Rock. <laughs> what a fucking movie, movie. That I fucking loved as a kid. I watched it anytime it was on TV. I yeah. I was so happy with that. And then I watched the movie, it's so fucking good. It's not. It's terrible, but I loved it. Oh, but all of those, that that whole genre was is amazing. Yeah. And I uh, shouldn't forget Tuva Nuvotny and Gina Rodriguez. I think I said Gina Rodriguez, but uh, Tuva Nuvotny uh, as the geomorphologist, which I have no idea what that means. I'm assuming Earth shit. G- yeah, I mean. I looked it up, but I didn't understand it. <laughs> more, I mean, it, I, I, it's some sort of version of geology, I would imagine. Yeah, I've got to imagine, yeah. The, play, the morphology, the tectonic plate yeah. changing yeah. science. Earth, I know Earth scientist. Yes. <laughs> Essential Earth science. I don't mm-hmm. fucking know. <laughs> I'm starting to find a joke there. I also there. really, really enjoyed Gina Rodriguez in this movie. I, She's, I, yeah, she does that like tough Chicago chick thing that she does, but she does it really well in this yeah. movie. Cinematography from Rob Hardy, who collaborated with Alex Garland on Ex Machina. He's done a bunch of other stuff, but most, I guess his biggest movie that he's done was uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. Same year okay. as this. And then they're collaborating again for the upcoming miniseries that Alex Garland just wrote. Yeah, which I didn't know about, film. which is yeah. exciting. Comes out next month, March 2020. So fucking stoked. Scott Rudin was a producer on the film and actually saved the film in a lot of ways. Oh. Yeah. But apparently, yeah, Scott Rudin like, fought fucking hard for this movie to be Alex Garland's and not some production trash. Oh, that speaks well for him. Yeah. As, as much of a dick as he can be, uh, I do appreciate him in certain moments because he is very, very much about creator control. Mm-hmm. And then another first for us. This is or not a first, but a rare one for us. Is this is not an A24 film. Yeah. Ooh, I love A24, but I'm tired of doing their films right now. I don't want to be in a pigeonhole. <laughs> they just need to stop making good movies and I'll shut the fuck up about them. That's about it on like production notes right now. I think that's... Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't that, yeah. do much production. I was saying this earlier. I didn't do much production notes research. Yeah. Uh, that we'll we'll get into what I do have on it earlier. I did a bunch of research, and there's just not a lot about the movie, um, mm-hmm. which is is frustrating. Although I did when I was I I, I saw like a, just a brief interview with a few with, with Alex. They interviewed Alex Garland, Garland, Natalie Portman, and um, Jennifer Jason Lee. Mm-hmm. I think it was Jennifer Jason Lee who was saying that there was this kind of weird dichotomy where they they were having so much fun off uh, camera where they, they just like immediately became everybody loved each buddies other. and everybody loved each other and there was like a whole lot of laughing and joking and then like the camera would roll and everybody would feel very isolated all of a sudden Ooh. in contrast which was ch- i thought it really was a really interesting that's, way of I describing on it that. that's awesome yeah that's fucking cool. Yeah, I didn't yeah. see that interview. Um, that like there was sort of a feeling on set that um while the cameras were rolling that they were they were not in it together. They were each in it on their own. Yes. That's... Um, that's which is that's, evident yeah. in the film, but it's yeah. interesting that they created that space. Mm-hmm. Speaks to really good writing and directing mm-hmm. and talent on set. And I Definitely. love that. That makes me really happy. All right. Uh, I want to bash out this plot real fast. Sure. Yes, uh, please. It's going to be tough. Because <laughs> this plot is... I guess there's... 
Oh, it's totally like, normal. Like, it's yeah, just your standard. Fully linear. <laughs> no issues It's a well-made whatsoever. play is really what it is. <laughs> it is. I mean, that, that's what Garland does. Garland oh. is, it's funny that he has spent his entire life writing movies, or uh, his entire career writing movies, and he would kill on stage. <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, yeah, Ex Machina is a play. It is, yeah. It's, it's a super tight play. Sunshine's like that. Mm-hmm. His only wide-ranging one is this and 28 Days Later. Oh, Yeah. Those are the only like ranging ones. The beach a little bit, but that was based. That's a completely different genre yeah. than what he usually does. Anyway, sorry. Continue. Yeah, no, no, you're good. <laughs> Fuck. Who fucking cares? <laughs> so I'm gonna try and talk about this in three ways. Okay. Uh, we have the frame story, we have the plot, and we have the memory. Right. I think that's kind of how I want to put it. It's sort of like I was thinking of it, sort of like while they're in the shimmer as present, and then there's flash forward to the. It starts in the flash forward. Right. This flash forward to after she gets out, and then the um, and flash back to her life before. Yeah, and that's that's probably a more more coherent way to put it, and not up its own ass like I want to be. Uh. I mean, go up its ass. That's yeah. fine. No, it's just, <laughs> I just like calling it a frame story because it is like it's what sets no, up. No, you're correct. It's, like, it's the bookends of the film, and there's a few bits there in between. <clears throat> but essentially, yeah, it's it's just that like yeah, you have this sort of one on one heat style situation with. Natalie Portman and Benedict Wong, who right. oh, let me just pour my heart out for him. I oh love yeah, him so he's much. wonderful. I love him so much. He's amazing. <laughs> he's so good in everything he does. Then we've got so that's sort of the that's what I'm calling the frame story. Memory I'm gonna be is gonna be between. So then you have the memory sections, which are Oscar Isaac and Natalie Portman and uh, Daniel Giassi yes. and Natalie Portman or David Giassi and Natalie Portman, who plays Daniel in the film. Dan, her coworker. Yes. So I that's. Love that. <laughs> Also super hot. <laughs> yeah, everyone in yeah, this movie is super hot. Everybody can, can get it. It's, it's, it's film. Everybody can get it in film. There's so Let's few ugly people. Let's just say it people. and they were over Since it Philip now. Seymour Hoffman died, there's been very few ugly people on screen. I would have... I, I, Philip Seymour Hoffman could have get, gotten it as far as I'm concerned. He's, but. I think it's his charisma and his charm that always got me, but I never looked at him and was like, yeah, daddy. <laughs> no, that wasn't my particular feeling about him, but um, I would not have said no. I, I feel if that. If confronted. Fair. If, <laughs> Welcome to Nadia's Fantasies, the podcast where we talk about oh, who Nadia I, wants I, to maybe stop that's a, in that Hollywood. Is, <laughs> that, is, that is definitely a, po- a podcast that I could start and excel in. Um, We're just going to start the Dream Daddies podcast, and it's all about Daddy's a film. <laughs> We'll um, get to that later. That's coming soon. So that's the that's sort of the memory section, and then the present is all in the shimmer. Um, yes. Or what we I guess it's technically the past. It's in the uh, fuck it. Who fucking knows? This, the timelines all over the place, and it's cool and it works. It's just tough to talk about in a linear way. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna say frame story, memory, shimmer. I guess yeah. is how I can frame that. Well, and I mean, I would argue that the the plot is broken down conf- uh, not in 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 this nonlinear way to kind of. Uh, put in vast relief the the issue of the problems with memory, right? And what does linear even really mean, and Correct. how and the, the and how the experience of time can be circular and not mm-hmm. necessarily um, linear. Flat circle. That sounds like a different UK direct. Oh yeah. <laughs> I just see that fucking joke all the time. Times a flat circle, interstellar shit, which I still haven't seen, and I'm fine with that. But yeah, so we're going to open with the frame story, and it's just Benedict Wong and Natalie Portman talking, which is a thing I usually hate in films. Really? Um, yeah, I really I really hate starting with the end, typically, until it's done really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it, it is, is one of those things that can go very wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dan Harmon talked about it on his Tumblr 
uh, he had a, he ran a really great Tumblr for a while that was all about like how to write. Yeah. Basically, he was just running a master class because he's a fucking master of writing, and he would just put it out for free because he doesn't fucking care, and right. he's just wants to people to be better at things. So he put out all these like long posts about stuff, and um, he talked about it in there, and then he did like a he threw it in as a joke, in, I think Rick and Morty we should start their stories where they start and end them where they end, and yeah. I think that that's like and that's the the sort of critique of flashbacks that I usually sure. have, it works here because that is where the story starts. And it is fucking with memory. And so that's fine with me here. Yeah. Like, I'm not I'm not opposed to it in this film. Yeah. I no, I, I agree. It's I'm kind not. of like... Yeah. I mean, Harold Pinter would have an issue with that, too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but but I, I do think it's something that can go very wrong. And it's such a it's such a sort of iconic way of, like, breaking the rules. Yes. That it, it can look real. It's It can be like a real smarmy writer trick if you're it, not doing yeah. it well. And like, yeah, people, like, they, <laughs> someone snaps their neck and then two weeks later, I'm like, what? Right, right, right. Or two weeks earlier. I'm <laughs> like, fuck, earlier. fuck off. <laughs> mm-hmm. But here it works what because it, it, it frames the story well. Yeah. So we have that. No one knows what's fucking going on. It's just Natalie Portman in a medical room surrounded by people in hazmat suits mm-hmm. being interrogated. So uh, we find out that, I guess then we cut back to her teaching a class, which I yes. love because I'm like, oh, right away, we know she has a job, what that job is, and we get her name shortly after that. Very we true. We find out so much about her life in the first, like, two minutes of the movie. Yeah. And it's great. Without any um, unnecessary exposition. Exactly, yeah. There's yeah. no, like, I'm a biologist who teaches. And you're like, nope, they just show. Yeah. And it's so fucking great. And it's, it's what again, we're going to get into why we love Alex Garland and how he writes women. But this is just, like, right off the bat, that example of, like... He writes them like they're people. It's weird. (laughs) Who does that? I know. (laughs) No one. (laughs) Uh, Women tend to do that. Yes. Sorry. I should say... (laughs) But then women aren't really people, so they can't also... They also can't really be writers, so... Time's a flat circle. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Yeah. So we have Lena. That's Natalie Portman's character. Mm -hmm. She's teaching her course. We run into... We meet Dan. He invites her to a barbecue. He tells her how to handle her grief. Super cool, dude. Right. Immediately you pick up on tension between them. And then, yeah, like, I remember the first time I watched this, I was like, oh, they fucked. Yeah. It's just like super clear from how much she hates him. I'm like, oh, you fucked. Yeah, and totally. It was bad. Yeah. And he's <laughs> like, listen, why can't you get over this? There's a certain amount of time that you're allotted to grieve somebody and it's over. Your like, what's your problem? That you served in the military right. with. <laughs> so. Go to a barbecue. Come on. Yeah. That'll... <laughs> with me and my wife. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, what a dildo. Uh, but less useful. <laughs> uh, so she goes home. She's like, oh, I'm just going to paint the house. We get the first use of Helplessly Hoping from Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Yeah. Oh, I did have a note about, um, uh, what's his name? Dan? Dan. Dan. Yeah. The, there's the, he, Garland sticks in a little Shining reference. Which, he says, he says, all work and no play is not healthy. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Clever um, boy. Yeah. Yeah. He just, he just little note. Yeah. I mean, I was trying Love to that. keep track of, of some of these, like, horror film Easter eggs that are in there. That. But yeah. I missed that entirely. All work and no play is not healthy. <laughs> yeah, neither are you, Dan. By the way. Ugh. She is painting, and then suddenly we see Oscar Isaac, and he's just standing outside of her of their bedroom while she's painting. Yeah, and I loved the way that um, you you heard the the song from mm-hmm. his perspective at the bottom of the stairs. Yes. You realized it wasn't it wasn't just in the film. She's actually playing the music, and also like it, you you hear it kind of like it's it's distant. It's far away. It's kind of like in a tunnel. Mm-hmm. So you you it's you the there's this sort of like built in 
sense that he's there, but he's really yeah. far away. Yeah, it's this. It's. Uh, it's also the way that we're hearing mm-hmm. the song, and and with all of the, we'll yeah. get into like refraction later. Yes. But that's a. <laughs> but that's what they're doing with yeah. the sound when he appears. And then, uh, speaking of refraction, that's immediately what happens. We get this fantastic shot where we're not watching them talk. We're watching their hands. And that's the entire shot is their hands through a water glass yep. as they talk. Yeah. And as she pulls away from him. Yeah. And then we get the great shot of the blood But the also, water. there's just something, there's something very surreal just about his, and his, um, his entrance in general. Like, when yeah. he appears and gives her a hug in that room, you're really... I was really... The first time I saw it, I was really like, is this really happening? Yeah, it like, feels like a memory of a memory. It does. Yeah. But he's actually there. So, um, I just think that's really interesting. Also, I just to shout out Natalie Portman's crying real quick, I love it. It breaks my heart every time I see it. Yeah. She's such a good crier. <laughs> she is such a good crier. <laughs> like, I've gone back and rewatched Garden State to see if it holds up. Spoiler, it doesn't. Uh, I hate but that movie. she's so fucking good. But she's in a it. really good actress. You know, I used to have this like thing about Natalie Portman. Like I, I, mm-hmm. yeah, Topher's nodding at me. Like I know what you're gonna say. Um, but <laughs> but you know, when I was, of course, when I was 13, I was like um, obsessed with Anne Frank and right. And and I, and I mean, I sort of look like I look. And I was and I was like, this is the part <laughs> that I should play. And then I found out that she was, of course, doing it on Broadway. There are just like series of that throughout yeah. my life. Whereas she she was kind of like the for a, when, especially when I was really young, I was like, she has my career. And she played Nita and the Seagull, and I was like, yeah. fuck you. Um, but I've come around, especially as an adult. I think she's an excellent actress, um, and in no way threatens me. <laughs> <laughs> Because I've become somewhat rational. Other directors, I'm just. uh, Oh, the other and there the other thing about like his entrance, he's she. You're talking about the scene at they're they're sitting at the table. Yes, and she's trying to ask him everything, and we find out that like okay, he has she knows the questions to ask because he's he's done black ops before. Right, but he's acting really weird. Oh, super fucking like really strange. And what he says is he's 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 talking like. He's out of it. He's it's. It, but even before he says he's not feeling well, it seems mm-hmm. like there's something wrong. Yeah. Um, but what he he says, and he's saying he doesn't know where he says I don't know what it was or where it was like about yeah. where he's been. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the weirdest thing is is he says he's sort of talking like he doesn't know her. Yes, it's but very, he said like yeah. and he's you know her her long lost husband. Right. And then and then he says. He says, I saw you and I recognized you, which is right. a very weird That's thing to say weird, to somebody yeah. that you're married to. Yes. Um, For a minute. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and then before he can really, she can really question this, he gets very, very sick. Right. But there's, and I want to talk about this scene just a little bit more. Just sure. It's so it sets up the tension of this movie so well and all of the different plot lines that run through this movie, I think this is their thesis statement right here. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we're spending forever on the first fucking scene, okay. but, or second scene, but like, it's so good. Um, the tension you feel and the uncanny valiness of Oscar Isaac's acting in this. Yeah. Where it doesn't, none of, none of it feels like a reunion. Right. Even if it, even if there were no words and I was watching this, I would go, these two people don't know each other or used to and it's been forever. But they did not have a close. They have not had a close relationship in a very long time. Yeah, and isn't that like far more shattering when you think about like losing somebody and then yes. coming back? Ugh, I'm gonna. I will get yeah. emotional just thinking about it. <laughs> I know. But like, it's it's. Tough. But like, they're but they're not them. Yes. And of course, this is the introduction to doppelgangers and the uncanny right. in this film. But mm-hmm. um, 
but you she you can tell she wants so badly for him to be him right and he kind of wants to be him maybe but he but doesn't know who but him he doesn't is. know who that is <laughs> As a thesis statement for the movie, this is just such a fucking great use of this of everybody's talents. But yeah. from the cinematographer to and it could the be, writing to yeah. the acting, like everybody showed up and did their job. Like I've talked about this on other episodes, but like it's so amazing to see a film where everyone shows up and does their job and you can tell. That no yeah. one took a day off on this. Well, and every choice is thought through very carefully. Like I, mm-hmm. I think the uh because the whole the whole thing with him you find out later, spoiler. Yeah. Spoiler. Oh, that, there's spoilers that, all that, the way through. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm just, but, uh, but the, but the, you know, he technically isn't him. But, yeah. But, but in that scene, it could be read, it could be just as easily be read as, as this person has been totally bifurcated by trauma, mm-hmm. which is, I think, another thing that the film is, this is one of my, like, my theory about this film in kind of a philosophical or critical read sort of a way that, like, um, people, bec- you, you that that you, people are becoming somebody else. You become someone else via a traumatic event, right? That there are events in one's lives after which you're never sort of the same. Yeah. And like in this, you don't, you really don't know. Just watching this, whether or not like it, it, like he literally is somebody else, but he also just as easily could be him, but. He's gone to war and he's got PTSD. He's, he's got PTSD. Hurt. He's a different he's, yeah. person, and like it's yeah. just heartbreaking. It is, and it's a really good use of this. Uh, we're, I'm going to talk about this more later, but um, you're familiar with the the ship of the ship of Theseus. I am not. Oh, okay. Uh, then we'll bring that up in a bit. But it's. I, I'm just going to say it now, and we'll we'll touch back to it. But it's essentially. Ah, fuck it. Let's just do it. Uh, ship of Theseus is this really interesting uh, discussion of identity. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in the 20th century and 21st century, a uh, number of philosophers have really discussed what it means to be identical to something. Okay. So, for A to equal A, mm-hmm. what does that actually right. mean? So, the ship of Theseus is a thought experiment that um, <clears throat> you, over the years, Theseus' ship was, he, he sailed a lot, he was moving, he was going, he had to repair bits of it. And bit by bit, plank by plank, the entire ship was rebuilt, such that there were no original planks left. But it bears the same name. Is it the same ship? Oh, sure, sure, sure. So there's all different sort of versions of how to answer that question. Um, There's descriptive, like you can just list all the different qualities of it, but that doesn't seem to capture it. Uh, You can say that there's some sort of like special magic thing in the world that Mm -hmm. is identity or like a soul of some sort. Not not, not necessarily a... a, It has to be an immortal soul and it has to exist outside of time and space. Otherwise, it's mutable. And it can't be mutable if it's identity. Yeah. Maybe. So there's a lot of discussion. But this film plays with that. And this is one of the things that Garland's really good at is discussing philosophy. Even if he gets it wrong sometimes, he does the same thing with science. Even if he gets it wrong, he gets it right. Well, definitely. I mean, that's that's very applicable, obviously. Like the, um, especially with all of this, all of the stuff about cells and replication. And and there's that sort of the, are we, are we the same person when our cells are like completely overhauled every, what is it, seven years? That's yeah. That's sort of the like, the, the pop, like that. that's the pop version. Yeah. Yeah. That's the um, yeah. It, that's yeah. that's. I am not a scientist, guys. It's okay. But <laughs> I am. I cosplay as one, <laughs> or did yeah. for a long time. No, but like a lot of my work uh, when I was still in school, um, doing philosophy was about 
identity. Yeah. That was one of the things that, like, the topics I did a lot, and it's a very interesting thing. And the reason that we started talking about it as philosophers is because it started coming up in science. Like, we, as we learned more about cell theory, as we learned about mutation and more and more and more and at an increasing rate Mm -hmm. we were like well what the fuck do we do with this like we want to use this word identity and identical and what the fuck does that mean right and i think that the ship this this uh this i was gonna say ship this is not a ship this is a movie the movie really really deals with that in a cool way without landing hard on one particular thesis for like sure. it does, I don't think it, I don't think the movie believes anything about it. I think it wants to have a discussion, and I and I'm fine with that. Like normally, normally I would be like, oh, "Fuck off, say what you mean," but this is a situation where I'm fine with them not doing that. I mean, I think it, it does be believe some things about it, but it's subtle. And yes. I all, I mean, we we I haven't even nothing, but gotten I mean, yeah. there yet. But I think yeah. it's, I really think it's, mo- it's, it's, it's all about. It has something to do with grief and loss and trauma. Right. But on the really? yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I mean, all, and all I mean is like on the uh, on the the point of identity is yeah. that it wants to bring up the point but not answer it. And I'm, sure, sure, I like sure. That. I like and there that. is no yeah, and well, that's kind of it's yeah, and and I think that the the sort of the point of the question is there is no answer. Yeah, <laughs> or at least not an easy one that you can wrap up in 115 minutes. Right. Uh, it shows a humbleness that I really like. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. humility, and I think. More humble filmmakers, please. Thank you. Yeah. Um, okay, so do we want to return to the ranch, the plot? Mm-hmm. Cool. He suddenly doesn't feel so good. And we see the blood in the glass, and it's a great shot again. It's a great shot that is mirrored much later mm-hmm. in under a different circumstance in yeah. a way that's really smart. And it's cool as we'll shit. We'll get there. But, yeah. <sighs> I love symmetry. Not Wes Anderson symmetry. I love this symmetry. Mm-hmm. They're on their way to the hospital. They get pulled over by a bunch of black SUVs, and suddenly, where uh, she gets tranquilized, yeah, uh, because she's screaming at them to let her husband go. Which again, I think it subverts the hysterical woman trope. It it's on that line, but it does subvert it, I think, a bit because it's very clearly like, holy shit, I just got this man back who's been gone for a year, and I was mourning. Oh, I would be dead. hysterical, yeah, and it's, it's, I don't think it's, it's realism, a, not hysterical. Woman. Right? It's yeah. like I don't, I don't think it's a trope at that point at all. She's a person who just yeah. got, you know, who just got her lover back, and he's acting super weird, and then yeah. he, and then he's like dying. I mean, yeah. and they're taking him away, and yeah. they're... <laughs> I would process those emotions in the of exact course. same way. <laughs> Or just like complete silence of like, I'm sorry, is this now all a dream? Well, that's the like, do you, do you, do you, uh, are you a, a, a flyer, a fighter, or a freezer? Yeah. She's a, she's a fighter. Yeah. Clearly. And all I mean to say that it's the first of the trip is that we already know that she's, she's already become a full character. And again, in the, this is the first five minutes and yeah, we yeah, already yeah. know so much about her. So if it wasn't the case, like if it was some, uh, some woman that Michael Bay wrote, it, it would not be... Oh, but I yes, and right, I right. That's a, that's the only point. I, was I know what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. I was I was being a little bit like I do. I do think that um, the kind of the kind of ordinariness that um, with the, with which our Alex Garland is just like presenting these yeah. women as people mm-hmm. is really very refreshing. It's like yeah, like Natalie Portman, Lena is immediately like allowed to be I just wrote this like Facebook rant about it to do with Britt Marling's article which is oh, amazing yeah. anybody out there should read Britt Marling's opinion piece in the New York Times about um about the strong female protagonist yes but um it's brilliant yes. but the but that the, they're you know Lena is just sort of casually smart and flawed and sad but 
not desperate, but she's just very fully human, like yeah. immediately. She's and strong, you're not... but not in ways that you necessarily consider strong. And in some, some in traditionally, ma- I'm air quotes, whatever, but like traditionally masculine and traditionally feminine ways. Totally. She, has, she shows strength of a human. She's she has a real job that she cares about. Mm-hmm. She's like filled with grief, but can still keep her shit together. But yep. she's not perfect at all yeah. in any way, you know. And it's just like a lot of things that men are historically a- a- allowed to do in drama that women tend to not be allowed to do. Yeah, <laughs> wild. Mm-hmm. So yeah, now we're at some black ops facility. We don't know where it what it is. It's just called Area X in the script. Um, mm-hmm. But we meet... Some creepy government facility. Exactly, yeah. It's very, very X-Files, Black Ops, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Um, Area 51. Right. So we meet Jennifer Jason Lee. Yay! She's amazing. <laughs> She's so terrifying in this role. I was so... I, like, when I first watched it, I thought she was going to be the villain. I know. Because she I just gave that energy way, so yeah, well. Yeah, totally. She's so fucking good, man. And she just comes off of this as, like... It, it's because she has that, like, robotic sort of thing going sure. on. And She's always had, yeah. Which you find out is like a is clearly like a stress response later. Like it, yes. it's a it's a coping mechanism, but it's this cool way of doing this sort of like austere, very very even, in a creepy way sort of, yeah. Bit and it's so good. She's like seen everything. She's not impressed. She does not give a fuck. Oh, you're an she, amazing biologist, right? So she's like. <laughs> Listen, we've got some extraterrestrial activity going yeah. on. Um, I have no time for People your have been dying. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the tension between the two of them is really well done. Yeah. Uh, it's immediately antagonistic, which, again, makes sense for the situation that the characters are in. It's almost like Alex Garland's a really good writer. Totally. Huh. I mean, yeah, they absolutely set it up like like she's been you like the first thing the first thing you think is like she's been taken to this like creepy government facility and right. they're gonna like experiment on her, her husband mm-hmm. and something you know that, that there's that the people who are running it are up to something very nefarious yes uh it turns out they're just trying to do a good thing they're just yeah. being nefarious about doing a good thing right they're just keeping something secret so as not to totally totally um panic the entire world right and the thing they're keeping secret is... A big old meteor hit a lighthouse, and now it's fucking up a radius of, like, a few miles, and it keeps expanding, and it's going faster, and no one has survived until Oscar Isaac gets out. Kane. Right. This no is, one... Yeah. People go in, they don't come back. Yeah. They're calling this thing the Shimmer, and it's like a cancer, if you will, quite literally, on... Yeah. <laughs> on um, um, All the sensors get is, scrambled. They try to measure everything, and it just comes back as nonsense. Totally, but yeah, and this is like a super classic horror trope. Yeah, where it's like the haunted house. Yeah, people go in, they don't come out. Um, and in this case, it's eating up the world. Mm-hmm. It keeps expanding. They don't know why. Yeah, it looks kind of like soap bubbles on the outside. Is the best yeah, way it's yeah, ex- that's exactly how I would describe it. Um, it has that sort of prismy. Yeah. Spoilers thing to it. Yeah. Um, that a soap bubble does, that a glass of water does, and all mm-hmm. that. So, yeah, again, we're back into like really good visual storytelling of just like the first shot you see of it is just like, what the fuck is this? Right. Right. <laughs> um, it also looks a little bit like a Lisa Frank Trapper Keeper. It does. It has that sort of pearlescence. <laughs> yes. Opalescence. <laughs> opalescence. Yeah. I just wanted to say Lisa Frank Trapper Keeper. I'm fine with um, that. And it's one of my. For those of you who are in your 30s, especially, you'll enjoy that. <laughs> Only 90 kids will remember. <laughs> But yeah, so the Big Old Meteor hit the lighthouse. It's created the sh- what they're calling the Shimmer. It's been expanding, and we find out that Kane Oscar Isaac was on a mission in there, and 
again, was the first person to ever come back from it. Right. But he is in, like, multiple organ failure. He is just, like, fucking dying. Yeah. He's just, like, on, on life support, and they're trying to figure out what it is. Yeah. And what's going on with him. We find out later. So, uh, Lena's hanging out, uh, just sort of looking at it and just sort of trying to figure out what's going on. And that's when we meet the rest of the crew. Yeah. Isn't there a... Is there a... Well, I have a note about it. There's a flashback. Oh, yes. Yes, um, there is. That I just want, I do want to mention because it was really touching to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and gave some good hints as, as to their relationship and brought up a couple of, like, uh, thematic points the, right. the, there's a flashback to, to um, Lena and Kane in bed when they were happy yes. together, um, presumably be- before this affair that she had. Well, we're right. saying that she had. Um, um, we don't know exactly, but but they're in any case they're they're in bed, they're happy, but they're talking. That's right. That's when they're talking about um, how he's gonna go away on this mission. There's a conversation about the moon. That I thought was really interesting. Yes. Oh, and yeah, the moon and then the stars. The um, moon and the stars. Yeah. Yes. And there's this, this very really cute sweet, thing where yeah. he's like, she, he, he's talking about going away on the mission and that he'll be in the same hemisphere as she'll be. And that, like, so that means that when, and he says like, when, when we go, that means that when I go outside, we'll be looking at the same stars. And she's, she quotes Romeo and Juliet. And yeah. she's like, oh, we'll look at the same self, same moon. Yes. Is that what you think I do? I just like yeah. pine for you when you're away. And there's that cute bit about, oh, you are disrespecting your former comrades and the military. Right. The, um, the president. And she goes, what about the flag? Oh, yeah, the motherfucking flag. Yeah. It's very cute. <laughs> Um, and, um, and I kind of love Oscar Isaac's little Alabama accent. Oh yeah, I hated right. it the first time I watched it, and I was watching this. And I was like, Nah, this works. Good job, sir. Um, um, but they say I have this note that says God didn't make mistakes. Yes, so He's, they they're talking about that, and she's yeah. she's trying to explain biology to him. So this this scene works in a couple of ways. It shows the cuteness, but it also shows uh, we have a future a flashback coming up later when she's talking to Dan. That, like, you can't talk to him. He doesn't understand you. Right. Like, I think part of this is, him. like, yeah, he is faith and she is science. Yeah. That's essentially what it is. Yeah. It's it's a faith science thing. And we find out that those two things are kind of a little closer than we thought they For were. For sure. But I think, yeah, he, he it's it's clear that he's very spiritual and she's kind of, she's she's a scientist. She's very, um, she's not so much. Yeah. She wants measurable data, <laughs> not fairy tales. Yeah. Uh, and that's why she gives him shit for the, and quotes Romeo and Juliet. I'm like, yeah. that's, that's a, a per, again, really good encapsulation of a moment that tells you so much more than it has to without being bogged down by exposition. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's a really lovely romantic mm-hmm. moment that makes you sad because you feel the loss. Because we had seen that scene before without dialogue. Yeah. Because we had seen them like goofing off in yeah. bed together and it's just a sweet moment. And then we find out. So they, uh, had apparently just like cut the sound and the earlier part of that clip when they showed and then it extends it and it's a really cool just like it's a nice little editing thing yeah 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 um good job editor yeah and they're having this little argument about about perfection and god and um yeah and um she says aging is a fault in our genes right um what we think of as inevitability is really just um science kind of fucking up Mm -hmm. and he's like god doesn't make mistakes um and uh and then they just solve the problem by, I guess, having really great sex. Like, yeah. <laughs> she's like, he, he says, I just wrote this down because of course I did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, screw you. And she says, okay. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's banter, baby. <laughs> that's right. Um, anyway, yeah. so, um, so we meet the team after yes. that flashback. So we meet uh, Gina Rodriguez's character, ba-ba-ba, Anya, who 
comes over and is trying to guess what uh, Lena's background is, mm-hmm. which we then immediately learn is a flirtation tactic because she wants to get laid before she goes into the shimmer. Sure, sure, sure. And cute. And you know what? Awesome. Again, Alex Garland does this well, too, is just having LGBT LGBTQ characters exist. And just, again, like he writes women, he also writes queer characters. Without you, like, beating... It's without not a, beating you over the head. Yeah, yeah, it never comes up again. It's just a cute little throwaway right. line, but it tells you so much about the character right away. No, totally. She's a tough lesbian. Got it. Right. Or... Well, vaguely yeah. <laughs> She's tough and she likes chicks and maybe something else, but we know chicks. She wants to date <laughs> ladies. Yes. Um... I mean, and likewise, you're introduced to a team of all women, and they acknowledge yeah. it once. I think Lena says, all women... And um, and then uh, Tessa Thompson's character uh, Cassie just, just goes she's scientists. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's a nice little sort of it's a little girl bossy in the moment. Yeah. But it, it works. Sure. Uh, and it's a nice acknowledgement. Uh, but it's like somewhere it was focus grouped at some point. Somebody was yeah. like, "You have to acknowledge this. Just like give yeah. it a line." And so you know, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> uh, and then we meet uh, Tuva. I she I am so bad at Scandinavian names. Uh, but her character, yeah. Shepherd. Yeah, Shepherd. Or Shepherds, something like that. It's one or what plural. What is she? She's a geomorphologist? Geomorphologist. Okay. So, so Earth So Earth change. moving. The changing of the Earth. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Gina Rodriguez, Anya, is a, a paramedic mm-hmm. who's come here. Uh, she says she's been here for seven months. Tessa Thompson's character, Cassie, has been there for... Two years, a year, something like that? I think so. And she's, she's a physicist. And you should write. She's a physicist. Thank you. And then uh, Shepard. Oh, sorry. Josie. Tessa Thompson is Josie. Yes. Uh, Tuva is Cassie. That's what it is. <clears throat> so. Yes. We find out that she's been there from the beginning. And then, yeah. So we, they're all trying to guess of what she does. And she's like, oh, biologist. And uh, Josie wins the bet because Josie see th- sees things plainly. And that's, again, another moment of just like. We know exactly who this person is now. We know so much about them. Cool. Tessa Thompson sees things plainly, even though yeah. she's weird. Cool. She's 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 weird. She seems a little bit uh, just more introverted than everybody yeah, else. Yeah, she's just. A... Um... So we meet up. We meet the <laughs> cast and the crew, and we find out that they're all going in um, with Ventress, which is uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. Yes. So immediately, Lena's like, "Well, fuck yeah, I'm going too. Let's do this." Yeah, and they're like, "We have two what theories. To my baby? We think either something kills them, or they go crazy and kill each other." And right. I was like, "That's obvious and yes. helpful." Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> here we go. We know the stakes. <laughs> yeah, everyone dies, and we have two versions of what happens. Right. So uh, we're immediately back in. This is where I the, the plot the through lines are so difficult and I kind of just want to beat out the shimmer plot and mention the memory things I think is what I'm going to do now because we have another frame story bit here. Um, yeah, I mean we can the I have it's that too. Just, it, I watched it again this morning. And I still can't keep it. Well, so they flash forward at this point to again to right. um, to the frame story with her being interrogated by Benedict right. Wong in the in the hospital yes, room. Yes, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and, and Benedict Wong is basically like, why did you do it? Why did you go into yeah. this thing knowing it was like a suicide mission, basically? And she says, I owed him, which is, I think, really right. interesting. Yeah. She, because she doesn't say, because I loved him. She doesn't say, because I, I, I could save him. She says, I owed him. And at that point, you don't know that she's like had an affair on him. Right. So it's an interesting way of putting it. What yes. did you owe? Yeah. And then we immediately find out what she owed because yeah. it starts off with a flashback. Yeah. It had, we have the, the title page, uh, like that hit, of The Shimmer. Yeah. And it's immediately a sex dream. 
which right. is how I interpreted it the first time because I am a naive, trusting little baby and wanted it to just, I wanted her to be perfect. I didn't want her to have fucked her coworker and cheated on Oscar Isaac. Why would you cheat on Oscar Isaac? Oh my God. <laughs> I, sorry. Because, because people self just, like, th- yeah. because they and, do. And, and it that's, I think theme, that's yeah. the movie would say that's, it's, it's because it's because of people's, um, it's because of her instinct towards self-destruction that yeah. we all have. And it's, it, Again, this is a, b- a bit of masterful filmmaking because I want to believe like she wants to believe. She doesn't want to believe it happened. Right. I, I think at some point, at some part of her, she owns it, kind of, and she wrestles with it like a human, and it's fucking great. But I felt that as the audience as well, where I immediately was like, I'm into this character. This is me. This is our protagonist. This is, I want her to be better than she is, and she wants her to be better than she is. Right. And it's cool. And I just, totally. it's, 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 it'd be sucked in like that. Like we were talking off mic earlier. There are very few movies that I've seen that I've already seen that I'll go back and rewatch that I don't get distracted during. Mm-hmm. And this one, I was glued to the screen. Yeah. It's just it, every single time I've, I've seen this now, I think it's my fourth watch this morning. And every single time I'm just like, this, yeah, is, all, I know. this is all I want forever. It's really good. And so, yeah, so she like walks through the shimmer and immediately flash. She has, she has a personal flashback yeah. to, to having sex, but the the with the way that it's shot, and I think this is what Topher is pointing to, mm-hmm. is that like you see her back, she's yeah. on top, and you can see her back, and she's in ecstasy, and you yes. think that it's gonna be Oscar Isaac beneath and her, and it's not, reveal is and that not. sucks. Yeah, you're, you're it like, breaks your heart. Like I'm sure it broke his, and like it broke yeah. hers. Because there, there's, I'm not here to defend cheaters. Don't cheat on people. It's just rude. Just break up with them first, but or have a conversation about yeah how. It can be unreasonable to expect somebody to sleep with one person for the rest of their entire life. Maybe you're not into monogamy, and that Something is okay. Something like that. But, um, but don't do this. Yeah. <sighs> um. <laughs> but what I do want to defend here is, again, the humanizing of, of uh, Lena and just people in this movie are all so very, very human, is that we see how she regrets cheating, and we see how the cheating breaks her heart, too. Oh, for sure. I mean, and I think that's I think, so interesting. We never see that side of cheating. I don't think, unless it's unless it's actually defending it, because she's oh, never defended. Oh yeah, no. And I think her she never does. And I think her, um, but I think her journey into this place is all about atonement. Yeah. And it's also very, you know, it's very clear that um, he is her priority. That she really loves him. That this was like, uh, this was like a self destructive mistake. You yes. never think like. Uh, because this is another way that it breaks that trope about cheating that mm-hmm. you often see in movies and TV where it's like it's like people cheat because there's something wrong with the relationship and people cheat because but it's like or and, and people if you cheat on somebody it means that you don't really love them or you want somebody else or you want something right. else and it doesn't always mean that it yeah. can mean that you're just like fucked up you have like a instinct towards self-sabotage that that you find somebody else sexy and couldn't help it in the moment it can mean like all sorts of things right. and I think what and especially to have a woman be the yes. person who like had the laps mm-hmm. is um, really different. Without slut shaming her, without making her a villain, for sure. Because that's the other. That's the only other time that we see it like that. And you know, it's weird. I just was remembering the only. I was trying to think of other like really careful versions of cheating that I've seen in film, and weirdly, ones in Love Actually, a movie I generally can't stand. I hate that movie. Yeah, but the Alan Rickman and oh yeah yeah Emma yeah, yeah, yeah. Thompson. Uh, through line works. That's a story of it cheating that weird, makes It is a weird, it is like a movie within actually, yeah. yeah. It's like, I want to see that. That's the only movie I want to see For out sure. of that. And it's, it, 
it's focused on her pain and his mistakes, but you understand how he makes the mistake. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that that's, that's what all I'm really trying to say about it. I don't want to praise that movie because it's not good, but. No, that's, that, that storyline is very good. Though. Yeah. It's just, um, but really, they're in a different really well movie than yeah. everybody else. Yeah. They really fucking are. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I mean, like, I honestly believe in that, that this is that like sort of Dan Savage trope that like, right. that like, if you cheat one time in a 10 year relationship that you've done a great job. <laughs> yeah. Um, but <laughs> even though cheating is, is bad and wrong, but you know what I mean? It's, yes. it's. No, I understand. It's it's it said that's just that like the internal like no, please don't do that. I oh no, it's it not. Sucks. It's not like I'm. See- I don't want it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. I'm not accusing I'm not you of anything. Looking for some <laughs> to cheat or to have someone who is going to cheat on me. But I but yeah. I but I do think that like this this is like acknowledging that it's it's human and it makes her feel terrible. Yeah, it breaks her heart and yeah. it's just it's so cool and all the there's oh, I'm thinking about breaking now. Like it's I love when I talk about a movie and I get to realize more things about it even though mm-hmm. I've talked about it a thousand times but I'm realizing that breaking and fracturing. Yes. I'm seeing more and more and more and more of that motif all the way through in all these subtle moments. Yeah. Like watching it this morning, but even now just talking with you, I'm just like running the movie back through my head going, oh yeah, that happens, that happens, that happens. And this is one of those where yeah. a broken heart is also a fractured thing. No, it is. I mean, and that's going to get to some, I wasn't like quite there yet, but I yeah. was, I was going to get there when we got into like what everybody on this team has been through. Yeah. But I think that, I think that everybody in this film is bifurcated by some kind of traumatic event. Yes. And for like, they're a different person after this thing happened. And, yes. and for her, it's absolutely cheating on her husband. Mm-hmm. Um, but every one of the, everybody on the team has these things. And so like, they're not quite the same person that they were before. And then the shimmer is going to further fracture them yeah. into annihilation. <laughs> fracture them over and over again until they're yeah. annihilated yeah, in the physics sense yeah, of the word. But. Exactly. Yeah. Um, not a decimation, but an, but an annihilation. Yes. Yeah. Or rather, not a wiping out, but a completely rewriting of. Yeah. Yeah. So then it's the plot's pretty straightforward for a while after this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they This is where the, the horror of it all really, really kicks off. Because the next thing we see is that she's coming out of her tent and everybody's, like, people are counting rations and she looks very confused to be where she is. And they're like, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you remember? And she says, nothing. How long have we been here? Three to four days, according to our ration right. use. It's so funny because one of my notes was, um, uh, it was why doesn't one of them try to leave immediately after they enter to see if it's possible? Because yeah. they don't know that they can leave at all. But but they answer that question by saying, oh, well, we don't even remember walking in. Yeah. Nobody knows. Maybe they did try, but Yeah, exactly. But yeah, you already have this just like complete, like it just breaks it down right the fuck yeah. away. And I love when a movie does that in a good way. We're like, no, no, no. These are the stakes now. They just jumped and here's where we are yeah but it's nice to see like there's all these little this the scene has a lot of really nice moments in it of we see the sort of mothering instincts of shepherd uh yeah. and i don't want to put that in I, I don't mean to put that in gender terms but it's more the that she is a woman and has a parental moment with josie oh for sure but she is you know i think she is the mother and that, and that is group. part of her character yeah yeah and that's okay. Uh, yeah, and, well, and that's and that's part of her fractures that her kids yeah, died. Like we find that, that out is... in the next scene is that her and that the or that her kids died and that's why her, her and her husband got divorced and it was yeah like a whole that's big that's thing her and, yeah. with with Shepard that's her that's her bifurcation event yeah this is all my thesis but that I would write a paper <laughs> saying that but that but that but that her her child died yes. Yeah, um, and so Josie's like ah, we don't even know like we can't orient ourselves we can't do anything all yeah. of our equipment's fucked uh, like it's technically working. But it's not working. And yeah, goes, there are no signals going out. They yeah. can't reach anybody. Yeah, and she goes, 
Josie, you know this. Yeah. I love that line of, you know this. Right. And then describes, and we, it's again, a, a immediate, a one little line just tells you everything you need to know. Right. Well, Which yeah, Ventress says, is like, did we think that this was going to work? Like, yeah, you, we, Both we of couldn't them communicate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we already knew we said. couldn't communicate. Why yeah. did you expect it to, us to? And then we have Cassie being, no, look, yeah, you know, you know this. There's the encouraging and there's the fuck you side. Yeah. And I love the both. The, mm, so many good characters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only good characters. I love it. So, yeah, they start exploring. They're like, OK, we're going to go south. We're going to hit the coastline. We know that uh, we'll hit the coastline and that'll that way we know how to get out because we can use that to, mm-hmm. to depart and we also know that that's where the lighthouse is yes so let's just two jobs in one we can figure out which way south is and yeah. so we can go from there so they go south yeah they find a an abandoned like watershed yeah where there are these plants growing on a fence mm-hmm. that um where there are like different species growing on the same plant structure yeah and um, of course, Lena, the biologist, is is like, "What the fuck is this? Yeah. This is bizarro." And and Josie said, "I just like this line a lot. I just well, like playwriting perspective." She mm-hmm. looks at the just says a lot about her character. She looks at the flowers and she says, "Looks like someone's about to have a wedding." Yeah, and it's it's it, yeah, it's it is very just, yeah. beautiful mm. and and really. And I was I I just thought, oh, so this is a person that sort of like. That sort of like lives in this um, in this hopeful dream place. Yes, that things will be better someday. Of some and, and some sees version the of beauty better. and yeah. you know m- above everything else. Yeah, and I, I thought it was very beautiful. But we've got uh, Anya checking out the boats and saying, "Okay, cool, we've got water transport." Yeah. Uh, Josie goes in to check out the boathouse. Uh, comes it comes out and is talking and everything's fine and there's no tension and then boom she's jump scared it's so good and i usually hate jump scares because they're boring but this one is so good it's just super well done because of the way like there's (sighs) filmmaking shit real quick there's really cool ways to shoot things and one of them is to shoot essentially along a rail but Mm -hmm. have that rail have a second rail of action in the background that runs perpendicular. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So you're at, you have an, uh, what you think is a single rail and you're not, you don't see the perpendicular line until an action happens across that line because she's centered in the frame, but she's facing to the right of the frame and the action comes from the left and you're not expecting it. And it's super yep. well done. It's just, that's like a film nerd, that's like cinematography nerd shit. No, sure. But it's just fucking cool and it's a really great way to do that because usually jump scares happen in front of you. Yeah. And this does but not. And that's what's really awesome about it. It's like, it's not coming, like it's, um, a typically a jump scare is going to be like somebody jumping up in front of you, hence the, the name, right? Yeah. It's just going to be a, a pop-up. Uh, but this is one where it's not a pop-up, it's a rip, it's a rip off. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like, I mean, it's a little, it could be comical, like it's a, a, the, a hook show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, yeah. The, right. Yeah, it's, the old, it's a little the, bit, it reminded me of, um, and this does happen right in front of you, but it reminded me a little of the, the like super iconic shark um, when the shark eats uh, Samuel <laughs> Sam Jackson, in, yeah. In, uh, <laughs> I mean that that was, was that Deep Blue Sea. Yeah, yeah. when it was, it was that's totally made to be campy. He's yes. in the middle of like the hero speech, and the shark right. eats him. Um, so good. I love that <laughs> it's, moment. It's a brilliant film, yeah. cinematic moment. By but the it's, way, it's super but, cool that the jump scare happens in the background of but, the shot. Yeah, and that, that, that so that's just like the one the thing I wanted to point out is that one, it's cool because it's existing on a two. It's, it has an X and a Y axis to the shot, which is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, and feels unsettling. And then it's also that it's, yeah, uh, the jump scare doesn't happen 
to you. It ha- in the foreground, it happens in the background. Yeah, and from a p- point of view, uh, point of view, Nadia. Um, point of view. Um, <laughs> it feels like you're experiencing it because yeah. you like. Because that's sort of how you would imagine something like that would happen. You're kind of yes. like occupied with other things. Exactly. It's a re- it, yeah, it's just a really good sort of uh, distraction moment. And then boom, action happens. Uh, but we find out uh, they save Josie. And then uh, we see this enormous albino alligator. Yeah. Which Lena proceeds to kill because Gina uh, Anya's gun jams because she's a paramedic, not a soldier. And right. this is that moment, again, where we see these character moments of, like, she, uh, Anya is the first to shoot, but doesn't do it well. That is true. And Lena prepares herself, sets herself, fires. Yeah, she knows what she's doing. Yeah. Um, she doesn't do too much of, like, the action hero-y movie version of guns. Right. From what I know about them, she's, like, actually just does, like, well, how, you really, how you would actually do yeah, it. Like, she doesn't you, ready it all the time. She doesn't yeah. walk with it readied. And Anya does. Right. Uh, and so that's, again, like, one of them's playing a soldier. One of them was a soldier. And it's... Right. Very true. And I, I think um, you I, you buy that this character was in the military. Yes. Just the way um, she keeps her nerves under control, the way she fires. Yeah. She still panics because that does happen. But she fires and bursts and doesn't... Tr- that's why... So this is the, the gun realism I want to put in here. Um, is that when Anya tries to go full automatic... And that's why it jams, because those guns jam when you use them full auto, typically. Oh, that's why you fire in bursts. That's smart. Yep. It's just, again, it's like small, subtle things yeah, that yeah, are just yeah. thrown in that are like, oh, no, 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 this is correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you never see her, you never see Lena fire full out, because that's yeah, yeah, how you yeah. jam a gun. Yeah, just right. cool shit. No, that's very smart. So, um, yeah. So they, they keep going after they kill the shark. Or, sorry, they notice that the shark has, or the alligator has rows of teeth like a shark. Yeah. And uh, someone brings up crossbreeding, and Natalie Portman's like, you can't crossbreed across species. Like, that's not a possible thing. It's not a thing. And yet, here yeah, we are. And, and yet, here and we I are. And I immediately, I thought of The Hunger Games. I thought of The Island of Dr. Moreau. Yes. <laughs> Great version of a bad movie. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, it definitely has all these Moreau moments, uh, and I definitely thought of oh, it a yeah. lot. Major Moreau moments. But yeah, so they end up finding the... We flash forward again. Yeah. Benedict Wong is trying to assess like what kind of mutations they were seeing. Yeah. And she's trying to explain it, but is having difficulty. Yeah, she says they're subtle at first and they're more extreme as they move closer to the lighthouse. Right, as they get towards the epicenter. Um, and she, he asks, um, are you sure this wasn't... They weren't hallucinations? Right. And she was like, well, everybody was seeing them, so... Right. So it, was, so, it wasn't no. sheer hallucination or, or <laughs> why are you doubting me? I was in there. Like, I understand, but like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> I know what yeah. I'm looking at. But it also, that's, it starts to, I mean, this is another thing to talk about, but like, it starts to um, um, introduce the notion of unreliable narration yes. and unreliable protagonists and, mm-hmm. and um, which I think she actually is. Yeah. You're, you know. Your everything is from her point of view, and you're taking mm-hmm. her word for it. And I think, and Benedict Wong is very aware of that, right? Um, that he's getting a self report, not right. a report report, right? There's not there. There can't be objectivity here. So, so they go back to the shimmer, right. and then she's having. I believe this is when she's having a conversation with um, Cassie. Yes, they're they're boating like canoeing down yeah. the water, um, and it becomes clear. This is where, like, so all of the, the whole team is, they have, 
everybody on the team has these traumatic events in their lives yeah, that change them. They're broken bits. They're broken bits. They're, there's something that happened to them before this, before they were there, that 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 um, sort of made it possible for them to volunteer for a mission that seems yeah. like it might be suicide. Because um, uh, Lena had brought that up of like, why would you volunteer for what is clearly because she's trying to figure out why her husband did. Right. And right. she she's grappling with that, and that's when Cassie is asking. And they break it down. They have some like elegant. This 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 scene is like sort of elegant exposition because mm-hmm. you 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 know you buy that this would come up naturally in conversation, but yeah, but um, Cassie takes forever. It's very very slow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Cassie's like she's like she says this is not exactly volunteering for this is not something that you would sort of do if you were okay. Yeah. And she reveals that she's she's lost a daughter. Yes. And Anya, yeah, she's she's sober, so she's an addict. Yeah, that's her thing. Josie apparently, um, it's Tessa Thompson's character is a self harmer. Yes, and she, who who and and one thing that's interesting about that is Lena's like, so she's so she's already suicidal, and and Cassie's like, no, she's she's she cut herself to feel alive. Right. Yeah. It's a finding a yeah. There's a that it, yeah. It, this is not a flip version of mental illness or mental health. Oh, you mean, yeah, okay, like... Yeah, this right. isn't just, like, a toss-away thing of, like... It's it's played at five, two and a half times speed, but yeah. it's it tells you enough. It, yeah, it's not it's not trite, and it's also, like... That's the well, one I was looking for, thank you, yeah. It comes at it from a complex point of view, You're because you're like, well, Josie is a self-harmer, but she's also still a totally competent physicist. Yeah, yeah, it's like this, it, doesn't, it doesn't detract from her character. It's just an explanation of who she is. Right. Um, and that's what I think I'm trying to say about, like, with the word careful and that it's not trite. Uh, yeah. Is it, yeah, you're... And Ventress, Dr. Ventress, Jennifer Jason Lee is dying of cancer. Yeah, she has That's when cancer. we find that yeah. out, which, you know, obviously falls into the whole, the whole, this whole thing is, like, cancer is a huge theme. Mm-hmm. I, I actually did a... When I was doing a little bit of research, there is a take on this film that it uh, is, and that I think is like pretty easy. Mm-hmm. That it is, that it is all about cancer, right? But um, but I would say that's more. It's more of a framing device. Than it's it is yeah. the actual for sure. Yeah, for it's sure. not. It's not the point of the movie. Oh, and another thing in this conversation I thought was really interesting was that like they talk about how Lena was in the military. Yes, and and she said she says it's you know it was just so long ago and. I, I, she says, all other lives feel like a lifetime ago. Yeah. Which is a really interesting line. Yeah, it's a nice... Uh, it's, uh, it's yeah, very beautiful. Chekhovian, if you will, a little bit. <laughs> Not wrong. <laughs> so, so, yeah. so the, again, this goes back to this, I, like, like, everybody's been sort of, like, already bifurcated by mm-hmm. this, by some sort of, like, Everybody event. has a schism in their life. That's, Everybody has a schism. Uh, there's a before and after for all mm-hmm. of them. And they're living in the after. Yeah. So then they make it to the camp, the previous camp. They're sort of snooping around. They're like, okay, we'll, we'll uh, bill it in the old mess hall over here. Uh, they go in and they find a, the recording from the camera. Yeah. And they also find the, the so we get, again get mil, uh, Lena's military background of, oh, this is their, this is their roto. They were keeping watch for the, on the planet. Yeah, they, they, they see basically like a guard schedule on yeah. the wall. And um, she pauses because she sees his name. Yeah, it's like. It's a good moment. Oh my God, well done. Lena sees Kane's name and she, and uh, I, I can, I can just so relate to this moment in this weird way. Cause you, when you, you like any sort of, any sort of like, rem- like, um, um, tangible, 
sign of this person that you lost yes. is like right in front of you. She she just sort of freezes. Yeah. And um, the way she says, she's like reading the names off of the, the schedule and she's, she says Kane in this yeah. way where it just has this like, where she's trying, nobody would be able to know her association with that necessarily, right. but you know, there's this dramatic irony. Yes. Like, you know, and, um, and it's, it's uh, it's just so kind of tough and like yeah. deeply moving. It hurts. It, it, it really hurts. Like there's so many beautiful moments where she breaks my heart in this movie, and it's so well done. Yeah. In the in those like you fracture with them. Yeah. And it's so fucking cool. Yeah. It's just great. and it's like just his name. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then even worse, she sees his face and sees him doing something pretty fucked up. Oh my god! This video. The, the so the the the, so the video so that they see. This is like I'm not. So me, Nadia, I am not usually all that squeamish yeah. about body horror stuff, but and you can describe what happens horror. because I, I, That's <laughs> I, I actually had to, both times I saw the movie, I couldn't actually watch the entire scene straight on. I was yeah, like, yeah, it's, you know. it's tough. Uh, first time was a little hard for me. I, but yeah, I'm not particularly squeamish either, uh, but this is tough. So they play the video and it is the group of soldiers that they had sent in. Yeah. And oh, that was another point that we actually, I'm just going to do that real quick. Another point that we didn't bring up yet. This is the first time we've had scientists go in. Yeah. This, they have not sent in a crew of scientists yet. They've only had scientists on the outside. They've sent in basically just military Yeah. F- uh, type. Yeah. In. So this is, that's the other big shift. So yeah, so they've only had the faith people and now we have right. the science people. Mm-hmm. Look at you bringing that back in. Oh, mm-hmm. comparative literature, like University this. of Virginia. <laughs> I won't say when I graduated. <laughs> So they're watching the video, and it's the group of dudes who are in, and we see all their names, and we see all their faces. Finally, we see Kane's face again. This is the first time we've seen him inside the Shimmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They have one of their crew, who seems to be a willing participant. Yeah. Uh, being carved open by Kane with a big-ass knife. Oh, God. His, so like, he, belly is yeah, moving so, around. Yeah, so he cuts it open and it takes forever and it's really hard to watch and you feel the characters watching it, feeling it, you feel yourself feeling it, and you feel the guy feeling it, uh, the man having his stomach cut open by Kane. And it's this really beautiful moment of, again, character with Kane because he's checking on him the whole time. It's clearly like an active consent situation. Which yeah, is a weird way to use so, that phrase. I think in a way that makes it even more disturbing. It is. It's horrifying because it's either they have a mass psychosis and they're all like, yeah, fucking cut me open. Or they all understand. This guy is just terrified of what's happening to him. Yeah. And it's just. And he's like, "I'm go- well, we're going to get here. to the bottom of this. Yeah. Right. Because like before he's cut open, you see his belly like moving around. Yeah, so there's something some happening yeah. in there. And, um, and they're, as we said, they're not scientists, so they don't. They're, they're not thinking the about yeah. mutations and they're no. just thinking like, it's like the X-Files. There's like yeah. something alive in here and they're going to, they're going to look at it. They're well, thinking infestation, not mutation. Yes, exactly. That's a yeah. better way to put it. <laughs> so they cut it out and it's uh, his, his intestine, what looks like intestines, but are clearly too large to be intestines. They, it's tentacles inside of him essentially. Yeah. And they're writhing and Kane like puts his hand in for point of reference and like sort of pulls one out. It's and it so. Slithers across. It's disgusting, disgusting. and beautiful. Disgusting. <laughs> um, so they're watching that. Josie freaks out. Anya freaks out. Cassie kind of keeps her cool. 
Yeah. Uh, Anya just refuses to believe that that's what's going on. Yeah. That, that she's just like, nope, that's fucking fake. It's a trick of the light. I've, I've scraped people off the side of the highway. I was a paramedic for seven fucking years. Like, I've seen some shit and it's tricks of the light. It's just, it's not real. Josie's just not okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Starts herking. Cassie's trying to convince Anya and Lena just sort of goes over and deals with it for a second. Right. And Ventress immediately is just like, nope, we got to investigate. I know where that is. I remember yeah. that spot. It's this old pool that's right down the hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they go, they follow her, and we see, again, the super gorgeous, like, Hieronymus Bosch-looking Totally. It's like this body growing like fungus into yeah. the wall. Mm-hmm. And um, we see the skeleton. It looks like it... <sighs> Production design here. Fuck yes. It's, it's so, so well done. Because you feel the growth of it. Yeah. Between the shot and the way it's actually done. Because that was physical. That was practical effects, not Oh, yeah, you CG. can tell. And it feels so real. Yeah. And it, you can feel the growth of it. And I just love that. that you The way the camera pans with it and then widens out to show you the whole painting. Yeah. Yeah. Art. I mean, it's so they've, they've made this arch <laughs> on the wall yeah. that is a body growing into the wall. And we see the skeletal mutated, remains yeah. and we see the decay, but we also see the, the mutation and the fungus. And we see the, the man who was clearly in the video having mutated yeah and it's this yeah. um you know she she's it's it's very beautiful and grotesque at the same time yeah love it this is why i watch horror i know i know <laughs> i mean and you're gonna hate me for saying this but it did remind me a little bit of some of the visuals in midsummer that's fine no, no, no. <laughs> visuals in midsummer fantastic <laughs> um it's a beautiful movie i am on record as saying how gorgeous how is. the the way that like that the way that it's so visually coheres the um, grotesque with the beautiful yeah. is amazing. And this film does that too. Yeah. So yeah, we're back at, um, we're, we, there's a flashback yes. to Kane leaving. And it's so, it's again, so stilted and it mirrors the scene of him returning. It was, I thought that this scene said, this again, they're, they're showing you their relationship mm-hmm. post her adultery. That, which is really clear because they, so they're like waking up in bed together he or she's waking up in bed he's already dressed it's mm-hmm. the morning and he says like i have to go yeah and um and she says well what i mean we planned this whole day yeah and right. i thought about the reality of like what if your your husband was like gonna leave for this like mysterious mission and definitely mm-hmm. and you had planned a whole day and then instead of that happening like you wake up and he's like i've got to go right now yeah that is so fucked up. Yep. I would be furious. Yeah. And um, so sad. And she and he says, this is another like very telling, great writing way to put it. He says, I do love you, Lena. Not I love you. Yes, I do love you. I oh. do love you as if it could be in question. Yeah. Because um, she doesn't ask. No. Fuck. Oh, my God. Yes. Sorry. No. And like. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this movie's so good. And it's so it's so sad because yeah. it's just it's so it's so qualified. Yes. But they 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 but they're clearly like they don't want to go into it right before she leaves, yep. right before he leaves, and to think about that being like the last interaction that they have as themselves. Yeah. Is... It just lets you. This movie does so much with so little. I know it's mm-hmm. it's longer. It's almost two hours. Mm-hmm. But well, every moment is so full. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just that I do is so. Huge. Telling. <laughs> Not to mention that it mirrors wedding, but typical wedding vows. For sure. And it's I do love you, and the question hasn't been asked, and it makes you ask the question: Do I? Right. Or does she? Right. Or and, when? Yeah. Or did she say, "Do you still love me?" Or yeah. what happened? Yeah. You know? That's really shattering. Yeah. Whew. So um, then we're back at uh, at the camp. It's nighttime. 
Yeah. Lena's awake. She can't sleep. Cass wakes up as well. They talk for a second. She goes, uh, Lena goes down to relieve or hang out with Ventress. Right. And they talk in this, like, I want to talk about for a second the way that they shoot this, like, outpost. Yes. That she's standing in. Mm-hmm. It's like everything is totally dark and there's this, it's sort of like, it looks like, it, look, it looks, it, it reminds me of like Nighthawks, actually. Yeah. Where you have this like beacon of light yep. coming from this outpost kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's extremely lonely. Yes. And the <laughs> wide shot is great and the tight shots are great yeah. too. And there's so much good use of... It's also just like a lighthouse. Yeah. It's like another lighthouse. Exactly, Which I just yeah. realized. Because we also see the guard tower in the back. Yeah. Which is my like one issue with the movie. I'm just like, why didn't you all just sleep up there? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I don't know that there would be any good I know. place. I know, I know. It's just one of those moments. I'm just like, I see it, I saw it today, and I was like, well, fuck, that was an easy solution to not get killed by a giant bear. Uh, right. Maybe, yeah. yeah. But so, we don't know what the bear right. can do. Yeah, exactly. Really. I, I understand that. It's just, it's the... Uh, and also, the privilege of an <laughs> privilege of being an audience member. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. But there really aren't many of those. Like, like, why did you go into the dark attic? Yeah, no, like, no. Their, expo- in this their movie. explanations all like their actions all make sense. Yeah, I, I have no issue with the characters making stupid choices. They all make choices that are very them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and uh, including what's about to happen. So. Well, they have this conversation. She says, yeah. "This is when Lena's like, why did my husband volunteer for a suicide mission?' Yes. Just straight up." Um, and that's when the Ventress introduces the a huge theme in this film, mm-hmm. which she says you're confusing suicide with self-destruction. Right. Almost none of us commit suicide and almost all of us self-destruct. Right. And I was like, oh, that's everything that's happening. It's that yeah. was it's it's so brilliant, it's so true. And 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 it that and that's like sort of the philosophical stance that the the yeah. movie is taking. I think mm-hmm. that's Alex Garland's kind that, of thesis. That that I'd, I would agree with that absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um <clears throat> Um, and you know, she's, she mentioned, she's like, even if it, you're not like actively going into a suicide mission or cutting yourself, like people yeah. smoke, people drink, people eat McDonald's every day, yeah. people, and in, in Lena's case, people cheat on their spouses because yep. they can't, like people run away from people who love them. People do yeah. stupid shit because of this instinct to self-destruct. And there's like no other explanation. It, that is what it is. It's yeah. an, it's this like Freud's death drive. It's right. That's, so while they're trying to discuss all of this, we hear sounds and we can't, that's when we find out they can't see shit. They just have the one pair of night vision binoculars. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they can't, they hear something scary, but they don't see something scary. And we find out just how fucking short their field of vision is, which is important for the next bit. It is. Um, I didn't even think about that. That's, that is important. Yeah. It's a really cool way of playing with lighting and tell, like, you have to have that moment of like, well, I can see these things. Why can't the characters see yeah. these things? Because uh, I think you learned this lesson uh, working on Sunshine with Danny Boyle. The way that they, I was reading about the production of that today to sort of inform what I thought about this. Just to, for similar like sci-fi horror genre things that play with perception and time and light. The way they shot a lot of that was they wanted to shoot everything super claustrophobic so that you the audience would yearn for the light of the sun. Even yeah. though the sun is the enemy in that movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so this, you have so much shot in the daytime that when you go to night, you expect that you're able to see. And it plays with how audiences watch movies. Oh, which that's is that because true. they are lit... You think you should? They should be able to see, but they can't see. There's an obfuscation in between, and I think it's so fucking dope. Yeah, yeah. No, that's so true. So um, yeah, it it's just one of those. Yeah. 
<clears throat> but they're trying to see what the scary noise is. They alert the others. But yeah, Cassie comes down. She's trying to figure things out. She's trying. She's playing the connections again, Mama Bear bit. In that she has this very motherly role in the group, and she wants to protect her little cubs that she's with. Right. And then gets killed by a giant bear. Yeah, she gets... It's, it, it's she not a great connection. doesn't just, exactly exit pursued by the bear. She exits <laughs> with the bear. But guys, I was in the Winter's Tale last year, so I got really excited <laughs> by... Exit, exit dragged by a bear? Exit dragged by a bear. L-O-L-O-L. Last time I got dragged by a bear, I was down at Hardware in uh, Hell's Kitchen. There you go. <laughs> My shirt was dirty and he told me so. <laughs> See, that's how you set up and pay off a joke right there. That's Oh my god, I am visualizing now a production of The Winter's Tale where they're just, oh, why did we not think of this? I just know. exit it's pursued just... by like a hot big man. Like a big old beefcake. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Now I have to direct that or Let's you know, do, it. do it. Add it to our list of projects that we're working on, which yes, is absolutely. lengthy. Um, oh lord. All right, yeah, so, so Cassie gets dragged off. They are like fuck 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 it's barely light out it's the next morning essentially they're trying to they're like we gotta fucking keep moving and then they hear that's when they hear cassie scream for help yeah 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 i mean but first they like they're um they have this kind of argument about how like ventress what she doesn't want to go back and look for like they're all like well we need to confirm that she's dead we think she's dead we need to confirm it and ventress is like we're just gonna go forward we know she's dead like fuck it yeah um on, that's when Anya is really starting to lose it. Yes, this is this is the big like begin like we start with the video, but we just see her just lose her shit gradually. Yeah, she's like, yeah, she's losing her shit. She's like, she's like, fuck this. We need to go back. And Lena, very practically and mm-hmm. in a sort of military science yeah. training kind of way, is like, listen, we took six days to get here. It's going to take us two days to go to the lighthouse. It's going to take less time to get out by going forward than by going back. So yep. I say we just keep going forward. Yep. She's like, I agree with you that we need to leave. But the way to leave is forward. But the way to leave is forward. And they're like, okay. Ani and Josie, Josie are like, okay. But then there's like a there's a flash forward back to the framing thing where yes. um she, with Benedict Wong again. And Benedict Wong is like, you were lying. Yep. And, but I thought like that was interesting that that was his interpretation because I don't, didn't think she was really lying. I think that she was using the truth, she bending the truth to fit her own mission. Yeah. She, the truth is mutable, it turns out. Yes. And that's how Lena views things. And it's a, it's another great, like there's all these, all the dialogue is all character. There's not a moment of dialogue that does not support character. Yeah. Which, and also goes back to this like unreliable protagonist thing. Like what, what is her agenda? What is her agenda in, when she's talking, when she's being interviewed and what is her agenda when she's in the shimmer? There's also the gender politics of Benedict Wong saying that Natalie Portman was lying. Right. Even though that's half true. Right. I mean, what even is a lie in that circumstance? Exactly. Nothing she said was false because she doesn't say her motivations. Right. But indeed, it it probably would have been safer to go back, even if it would have taken longer, because they were gonna they were about to go into the most dangerous part of exactly. the shimmer. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah, she's just leaving bits out, not lying. Right. Omit it. Omission. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's when we start pressing forward. They hear Cassie scream in the woods. They go look and find her. She's dead. They well, find her and, dead. and only Lena. Fine. Yeah, only that is important. Oh, yes. and before that, they see this. They see these deer that have these branch antlers yes. with flowers on so them. Gorgeous. And this like hi- this is like beautiful plant animal mm-hmm. hybrid just hopping around the woods. I love how much of this is shot in the daylight. I, I just I think that that's 
I love of when a horror movie takes place in bright spaces. Yeah. It was one of the things I really thought was great about Midsummer. I, I agree. Is that it, it was shot almost entirely during the day. Yeah, there's something deeply... Lena finds Cassie's body. Uh, the throat is fully ripped out, which, again, another Ugh, important... Yes. It's a nice, It's a nice, gory, beautiful scene. But also important that her throat is ripped out. True. Yes. Very important. Again, nice, subtle, just like, hey, look, it's not subtle, subtle, but it's not mm-hmm. beating you over the head. Right. Uh, it only The camera only stays there for a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not a full minute, like a little bit. So they find an abandoned village uh, and we see these human shaped bushes. Yeah. They it looks look- like topiary. Yeah, they look like topiary. They look, they're like plants that look like they used to be people or they've grown like people. They think right. they've grown like people. That's what they come to. Yeah. and uh, They talk about the hawks. The hawks genes. That yeah. Genes that define the human body plan. Mm-hmm. That, like they, that they think, or Lena thinks that if they, if they looked under a microscope that the, you would see that they, they have human hawks genes body plan in the, these plants. Even though she doubts it straight up to right. Josie. Josie's like, this is clearly what's happening. She goes, no, it's not. She goes, fucking look, open your goddamn yeah, yeah, eyes. Yeah, yeah. This is what's happening. Yeah. You are looking at plants with, ho- with human hawks genes. Yeah. Dude. And that's when Josie's like, <laughs> the signals aren't gone. The signals, like the, our, our radio yeah. signals, they're, they're refracted. Everything yeah. here is just a refracted prism. and scrambled. Yeah. It's a, it's a prism. Yeah. So yeah, it acts like a prism for DNA. Uh, mm-hmm. Is the big one. So everything becomes distorted. Things become combined in ways that they ought not. Things yeah. split apart in ways that they ought not, and recombine, and so on and so yeah. forth. Again, back to the physicist talking about annihilation without mm-hmm. saying the title of the film yet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so. So they, they find gonna, this abandoned yeah. house to camp in, mm-hmm. which looks creepily like Lena's house. It really does. <laughs> I noticed that too, and it, yeah, yeah, I think she even has a moment of like. Eh? Yeah. Uh, but we get a flashback again, and it's the discussion between her and Dan mm-hmm. this time. So we see, this is another good editing, so it's the, you get the tight and then you get the wide. Yeah. Oh, but before, the, when they're in the abandoned house, she, like, before that, she tests her own blood. That's And she it, yes. sees that her cells are, like, rapidly dividing. Like, her yeah, cells are she freaking she sees out. the shimmer in her, yeah. in her DNA. Yeah. Or in her blood. Yep. That's right. Good moment. Forgot about um, that. But yes, the flashback with, uh, with Dan. And he's not cool. doing the bullshittiest fuck boy bullshit. Oh, I hate him so much in this scene. <laughs> I love oh, the dialogue there. He's like, it's, so it's not me you hate, it's yourself. And she's like, no, it's you. I hate you. No, she says, <laughs> I, I hate like, you too. I hate you too. Well, right. It's it's like, it's also you. Don't worry. Yeah. I fucking hate you. I hate me. That's clear. We both can agree on that. But I fucking hate you. Totally. And he, she's he's giving her this this bullshit where she, he's like, he's like, you and your husband, you never talk. You talk to me more. You never see him. You can't see understand him. each other. He doesn't, he's a dumb boy. He's yeah. a big old, he's a big old he's fire a, stick boy. Right, right. He's military. What do you have in common? And like, and Lena's like, well, okay, what about your wife? Yeah. He's like, I love my wife, but blah, blah, blah. And he, like, he <laughs> sputters an answer. You're like, fuck you, dude. Fuck yeah. you so fucking hard. I know she just did. But like in a different sense, fuck off. Right. Just get gone. And right. that's what she's telling. She's like, this isn't going to happen again. And I love that that's true. Yeah. At least from she, like, the perspective yeah. of the memory. Yeah. The memory of the memory is, it, it is true. I believe that it's true. I, I want to. Yeah. Uh, I think it's more interesting character-wise if it is. Yeah. So that's the flashback we get there. And it's my, I think that's my favorite one. Yeah. It's, it's the, because it just, it just tells me so much about, again, a side character. Dan, we see him three times. Right. He speaks twice. 
and you just learn so much more you about like him in know that exactly what that is and i mean if he's he is right when she's it's true it like when he's she he says you hate yourself because that is so... really the only but again it goes back to this idea mm-hmm. the, the self-destruction thing it's like yes. her instinct towards self-destruction is like why she did this yeah i don't think it would have been possible for her to like sleep with somebody else she loved this was sort of yeah. about her self-destruct she 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 had she it had to be somebody she sort of hated yeah and again it's another it's another great breakdown of a trope or like subversion of a trope because she most movies would lead it leave it on his line on his perspective of you hate yourself and that's the explanation for why you cheated and i think it's fantastic again just that like garland is a good writer who writes people as people yeah and lets them make their own decisions but I mean, this is that moment. It's just, it's just a nice thing of like, it, it, it takes away what you would usually get here. Let me be woke, goddammit. <laughs> oh, no, be woke. But it's, yeah, it's just taking this where any other movie would say the person who cheats does it because they hate themselves and they would be told that by somebody else and that would be the be all end of, of the conversation. He actually gets refuted, not in that she doesn't hate herself, because it's I hate you too. Right. Don't you worry about it. Well, and I it do. is you such... are wrong. It is such a real human thing yeah. for people to... A reason to cheat is self-sabotage. Yeah. Like, sometimes when you're, you know, like, sometimes people will cheat because they're in a relationship that's actually very, very wonderful and they're mm-hmm. afraid to be happy. Yep. And, you know, will uh, sabotage. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it's just it's just a, such a nice scene. And it's I love seeing the way that a good writer and a good director can pick apart something you've seen a thousand times. Yeah. I've seen that cheating scene a thousand times and it's always ended after his statement or that was on his statement that she gets to come back and make her own. Yeah. 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 That's very true. That's, that's what I really love about that is that it's just, again, it's that careful, nuanced, yeah. Observational, what people are sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. (laughs) Uh, but she wakes up to Anya pointing a goddamn gun in her face. She does, saying, you lying bitch. Yep. She says, what's going on here? You don't get to ask that question anymore. You answer it now. Yeah. But uh, Butter the gun to the face. They, The three, Josie, Lena, and Ventress all wake up bound and gagged. Yeah. Two chairs in the living room. Really fucked up family scene. And it has this like nice sort of... It uses that horror trope of the home invasion. Absolutely. I was thinking funny games. Thank you. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly that. That's exactly what I thought yeah. of when I watched that. And I was like, fuck, another great movie. Um, and, of course, it's in the house. And yes. it's in a house that resembles her house, which is in some sort of suburbia. Yes. And it's, oh, there's just so many, like, all the unspoken things that are so good about this movie. And it's right here. Yeah. And it's, it's just another piece of that. Uh, yeah. So they're round and gagged in a family space. And it's a family meeting. Right. But it's fucked up. And it's, it's like that it, he, he's so good at inverting things. Good God. Um, he loves playing with that gothic horror, and I love it. Yeah. I love, I'm here for every single thing <laughs> he does because he does gothic horror so fucking well. It's my favorite. I get, keep getting too excited about Alex. Yeah. Friend. I've also had a whole pot of coffee, so. No, it's cool. I, like, want more coffee, but I, it's over. Um, yeah. Mine's yeah, fine. no, so Anya's freaking out, and she's, she's, she's tied everybody up. She's, like, going, she's going, like, full slasher- yeah. Psycho. She's Jack Torrance here. Yeah. And she says she can see her fingerprints moving. Yeah. Which... <laughs> and which you don't know if that's true or not. And you're like, I would believe that it is because we've seen all of the arrest of that shit happening. Yeah. And we, we get a moment later that I think confirms her there. But she's just fucking lost it. Like, yeah. She's just gone insane. She's like, I'm going to shoot all you motherfuckers. We're going to all, you're all going to fucking die and I'm going to yeah. get out of here. It's like, what the fuck has Josie done to you? Like, poor girl. Right. What well, she just doesn't trust anyone at this exactly. point. Exactly. And that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Like, I understand her not trusting Lena. I understand her not trusting Ventress. 
the fact that the, what proves that she's lost it is that she doesn't trust Josie. For, for, right. And it, it's just a, yeah. Right. Then uh, she hears Cassie scream, which we know is impossible because Cassie is Cassie's both dead. dead and her throat's ripped out. And Anya has been questioning Lena about that. She's like, you're the only one who said, you're, you told her she was dead, but you're the only one who saw it. Right. And we have that. So there's like, they're, they're, they're bringing up this like unreliable protagonist thing again. Mm-hmm. You see that, you know, that's how Anya sees Lena. Yes. Because she's like, you're the only one who saw it. But, at, you know, but we also know that this is true. She, in yeah. this case, Anya is wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that was another thing. Sorry. I, um, I meant to bring this up. I had it in my notes. Uh, another character moment. Lena only refers to people by their last names. Oh. Until Cassie dies. And she screams Cassie. Interesting. And then we see it again, and we'll talk about it in the next scene, but she uses Josie's first name. She's only referred to people by their last name. Oh. Military shit. Right, 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 right. And so, and I think Kane is Kane's last name. Really? I think that's right. It's not clear. I, I need to read the book and see if that's revealed or not. Oh, I don't but know. But it's because all the other names on the Roto list were last names, I think it's... That's his last name. Interesting. So interesting that she refers to her husband by his last name. He refers to her by her first and she refers to him by his last. That's a little bit of a, right, like she she finds a way to kind of remain a little detached. Mm -hmm. It's a thing I was thinking about with their relationship because I noticed that she called everybody by their last names. That's interesting. Cassie died or was dragged Exit, exit, dragged by bear. Yeah, exit, dragged by bear. (laughs) But yeah, so we hear Cassie screaming. It's distorted and it's fucked up. Uh, But Anya just hears it as Cassie. That's all it is to her. So she goes off running to look for Cassie and bear time. Yeah, and it turns out that the bear has stolen Cassie's voice. Yes, and is mimicking it. And Anya keeps goes and tries to find and save Cassie who is dead and being mimicked by the bear and very clearly to anyone else but her. Yeah. It eats the shit out of her for yeah. a bit. Monster bear with shepherd's voice eats Anya. A bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, monster bear comes into the room and we get this great, this is another one of those horror movie moments and it's definitely callbacks to other things. It was a little Jurassic Park. It's a little Jurassic Park. It's also uh, a movie that I get a lot of flack for liking as much as I do, but it's a little village. Oh, sure, 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 it is. Because when yeah. we see the quote-unquote creatures uh, and they're next to Bryce Dallas Howard mm-hmm. and just looming next to her. And oh, it's yeah. it's a great moment in an okay movie. Yeah, yeah, Better yeah. than it gets, better than the rap it gets, not great. So, Anya's fucking dead. Um, or we think. Well, not, we, th- yeah. Because yeah. she then ends up firing on the bear. Right, oh, right. While, they, while they're trying to free themselves, but only... Lena's able to. I was skipping ahead. Of, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're good, you're good. Uh, yeah. So they Lena kind of frees herself. There's a there's a big kill the monster moment. Anya has mm-hmm. her little redeem redeemable moment. Yeah, that's in true. That she saves them and realizes her mistake. Yada yada. She's but then dead. also very much gets fucked up and dead. Did did. Yeah. <laughs> then she's like, "Fuck it, let's go. Another one down. Let's keep moving. We're lighter weight now. We can go faster." Yeah. Uh, and just fucks off. And Lena's like, "I'm sorry. The fuck." Yeah. Well, and Ventress, um, like. So in this aftermath, she starts, she's talking about how she can feels her, feels? She can feels. <laughs> she can, she can feel herself ch- changing. Yes. And, um, and she says that it's like the beginning of dementia. Yeah. So she's basically like, I'm losing my mind. I can feel myself losing my mind. So I mm-hmm. got to get to this lighthouse before I'm somebody else. Right. Because her, you know, her brain is getting scrambled. Everybody's yeah. brains are getting scrambled yeah. along with. 
they're all being prismaticized. Yeah, which is a word. Yeah, I think. Pr- that's totally. I'll give it to you. Entering it into the lexicon. So Ventress like pieces out. She's like going to yeah. go to the lighthouse. That's the last we see of her for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then in the daytime, um, Josie and and uh, Lena are having this conversation. Um, and Josie says, this is like another totally sort of gently heartbreaking scene. Mm-hmm. I watched it a couple of times this time. because It was really sick. ruins me. Josie says, is talking about like the, you know, Cassie and this bear. Mm-hmm. And she says, as she was dying, part of her became part of the creature killing her. She can't imagine anything more horrible than that. Yeah. That um, some form of her consciousness is always preserved. That always preserved at the worst time of her whole life. Reliving it again and again. Yeah, yeah it's like being re-traumatized. You know, she's imagining that that Cassie's just being re-traumatized over and over and over in perpetuity. Right. And um, she says, she says, she, she that's not what she wants. Yeah. And you can see, like, grass is starting to grow out of, or buds or something is starting mm-hmm. to grow out of, like, where she's cut herself. Right. The, her this is scars. the first time we see in short sleeves, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's a moment that Cassie mentions she wears long sleeves to yeah. hide her scars, and now she's not. Yeah. And we start to see that. Yeah. Um, and she says, just very gently and simply to, to Lena, Ventress wants to face it, you want to fight it, but I don't think I want either of those things. Yep. And then she kind of walks into this field, and the next thing you know, she like is one of these flower people. And you don't even... She, I love that they don't give you the moment of which one is her. Yeah, you don't know. You just know that she's one of them, and she's yeah. like made this choice to kind of give in mm-hmm. and um, and be, kind of become this like beautiful thing. And what I love about this moment is that in Dante's Inferno, yep. <laughs> um, in the seventh circle of hell... Is where the p- victims of suicide are, and they become tree people. Mm-hmm. They grow into trees. Yeah. That's what happens to suicides. It's... I was like, what a elegant and beautiful illusion. Yes. <laughs> Ugh, every piece of this movie. Um, <laughs> this is why it's taken us an hour and 45 yeah. minutes to get through this plot. Well, I mean, we can get into all of the the Inferno illusions, but that's a... That's a whole different episode, yeah. It's a different... But, I mean, you know, we could spend an entire podcast on that, but that's uh, yeah. but that's one of the most blatant ones yeah it's, literally it's a nice happens to her really really cool one so now it's we've we've uh lena heads to the beach towards the lighthouse yeah there's a flash forward and a flashback between yes the flash forward is you lost track of ventress they're just it's just it's the exposition bit. yeah it's exposition and she but she says benedict but benedict is basically like well how did you come back why did you and yeah. she says i had to come back and i'm not sure any of them did she did because she had to. Yeah, and that's a good. That's a nice, another good character reveal yeah. moment. Yeah, and again, it's, I, I I love the gender politics of that scene that plays mm-hmm. out over the course of the film between her and Benedict Wong. Is yeah, that it's him consistently questioning her and reasonably questioning her, but it, it, it's it's just fantastic to me. I'm I I love that. oh yeah that's the way that that plays out is that he's asking all the questions that. So here's, I'll pull it back. Alex Garland knew that people would ask these questions of her and he's answering some of them, but only kind of and only to serve the purpose of the film. And I love that. It's just, it's a cool, that's why I like it as the frame story. And then the flashback. Um, the flashback is to uh, Lena and Kane having a nice um, moment together at home. Yes. Um, it's the helplessly hoping again. Yeah, it's that same, the, their their song. One thing I thought was cool is that they're both reading, and she's reading The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. Yes. Which is, like, it, it's it's about this case, this this woman's cancer cells became, mm-hmm. um, were, they, they were, like, the first immortalized human cell line. Yeah. This, this uh, the HeLa cell line. 
anyway, it's about it, it's 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 an allusion to like to like sell to cells and immortality, basically. Right. Which is just a nice little Easter egg and mm-hmm. yeah, um, I noticed that and, related. And also, interesting sort of like race things that go on with that as well. Oh yeah. Uh, well, that's, yeah, that's was, where I've read it. They were they were yeah because her her cells were taken um, without her consent. Yes. In her body, yeah. So something like immortalized, yes. Brutalized, yes. Yeah. And speaks to not just the plight of women, but also of women of color. Absolutely. Again, Garland is just very, very good at that. There's, I think that that's why he, uh, in, to throw to Ex Machina, why he has Kyoko's character be silent. Yeah. To play on that stereotype, not to, uh, as y- using it without endorsing it. And in fact, using that to display the brutalization of. Oh, for sure. Uh, of like subservient Asian women as a trope uh, and stereotype and all of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, so that's I, it's just I think he I, he's somebody who clearly understands and has listened to people. Oh, for sure. No, and yeah, like yeah. the 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 lack story is like absolutely contributing to a long, long, long history of of the industrial complex like abusing people of color, especially mm-hmm. for their own purposes. Yeah, and the. Yeah, they were. Ne- her family was never compensated. It's like her cells yeah. were used in all of this like genetic research and like for commercial purposes. But so. it's, a, it's a really nice throw. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's yeah. just a little no, thing no, it's in cool. there. It's just it's a studied film without being a pretentious film. Yeah, I love that. for sure. It knows its history, and I love that. So that's the flashback. Uh, one other thing about the use of that song and the score. The oh score yeah, score in this movie is absolutely incredible. It's, yeah. But the score mirrors, at least in in moments that aren't action sequences or shimmer sequences the mm-hmm. score or i guess anything that involves kane the score mirrors the guitar line of helplessly helping which is iconic and very, yeah. very and super recognizable you don't mistake that for anything else right and so the sco- when i heard the score today i was like oh i forgot that they started with helplessly helping it's like no they don't right they mirror it before it even happens and i just think that's beautiful it's just really really well done of like I, I love music. I've been a musician. It's it's just a cool way of arranging. Oh, things. for sure. I mean, and I noted the score too. I gosh, I have notes on it and I can't find it. But one of the one of the composers uh, was the head of Portis Head. Yes. And there's a what? Yeah, what they're doing is is really incredible. There's like a there's a composition in there that they call the Alien mm-hmm. that comes that there are, there are strains of it sporadically and then right. it sort of explodes in the last sequence that yes. we'll talk about. Now that we're out of the flashback and we're back into the shimmer, Lena is on the beach. She sees the glass trees everywhere. Yeah, she's alone Yeah, all of a sudden. Yeah. And um, you feel it. Holy shit, do you feel and it. And she's in this new landscape that mm-hmm. looks just like a Dali painting. Yeah. Um, specifically, I was looking, but it... it Particularly looks like the um, di- the dis- disintegration of the persistence of time, mm-hmm. which is, um, I mean, thematically, uh, obvi- you know, with all of the all of the stuff about memory and its unreliability, which we haven't even really gone into, which is know, another I huge know. theme in this. Movie. I mean, we, we've been hinting at it just like the movie does. Yeah, I think. Yeah, um, yeah but it's with yeah. There are these trees that are made of glass. Uh huh. Um, there's it's everything suddenly looks really desolate and um there's a beautiful gray tone to all of yeah. it yeah I, I even call it like a, like a puce or like a lavender mm-hmm. filter is what it looks like yeah where it just sort of gives you that haziness and isolationness isolation <laughs> Fuck me. I, don't, I don't speak well i just have a podcast no we've just been talking for a really long time yeah 
But she sees the lighthouse and yeah. she goes and Oh, there are skeletons on the beach? Yes. But they look like they've grown out of the beach. Yeah. That they weren't made, they were grown. Mm-hmm. So again, we're looking at that Hawks gene stuff. Because they're made of glass and they're made of XYZ. Right. Like they're made of different components. And it's because they're on the sand that things turn to glass. Yeah. And then also the prisming of glass and all of that. Yeah. Very nicely just thrown throughout. It's a nice motif. You got it in there. You don't heavy hand it. It's just Very wonderful. brilliant. And I mean, I'm going to go into another. There was a, there's another. So in Inferno reference, yeah. obviously. The the, yeah. the ninth circle of hell is, is frozen. Yeah. And everything looks frozen. I was thinking about that because we talked about that last night when we saw each yeah. other and I was just like, I was watching it with that frame again this morning and just, I saw that and I was like, because everybody thinks of hell as, as fire and I yeah. love that in the Inferno, it's not that. Yeah. Even though it's named fire, the book is fire, it's ice yes, at the end. The, 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 and I think that's so cool. And the, the ninth circle is ice, yes. Yeah. And this has a very icy feel to mm-hmm. it. It's all, yeah. Everything looks frozen and I love that. But we go into the lighthouse and we see Kane again, this time in video. Again, there's like, yeah, there's like a, vi- there's like a, just a single camera set up on that, a like, tripod, yeah. On a tripod looking at a wall. Mm-hmm. And um, we see a, like, blackened yeah. wall. Mm-hmm. And uh, she hits play and it's Kane. And he's talking to the camera and he, well, we think, well, <laughs> we think he's talking to the camera and he says, my name, he talks about basically how he's been feeling in the shimmer. He goes, I think. I thought I was a man. This is, gets into some real existential shit right yeah. here. So he said, I thought I was a man. And I thought my name was Cain and all these things. It, it's all in past tense. Yeah, he says, was I you? Were you me? And you think that he's just talking kind of to himself and he's uh-huh. losing it and having this, like, um, again, existential crisis. Yeah. But it turns out that there is somebody on the other side he says, of the have camera. Because he says, have you ever seen an incendiary grenade go... Or a... a not incendiary. A, um, it's... Uh, phosphorus grenade go off yeah which are a very very terrible weapon and should not be employed in any place whatsoever but PSA yeah that's just my little thing um, <laughs> so he says have you ever seen a phosphorus grenade go off it's pretty bright watch your eyes or if you get out of here find Lena yeah then. find Lena yeah and, and then um, you hear himself respond to himself but from behind the camera right. I will right <sighs> so and he pulls the pin yeah. counts down from five and has this like it, this is another great mimic moment, or like a, a not mimic, but a, a homage moment. This is the self-immolation of monks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he has that moment of serenity. Yeah. That people say they saw on the faces of monks who set themselves on fire in protest. Uh, Buddhist monks who set themselves yeah. on fire. Which is a, a very interesting read if you ever want to read up on that. I'm not going to do it here, but it's super cool and weird and sad and interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the homage yeah. there, uh, or the reference. Uh, so he counts down just calmly. He's completely calm, but he, oh, he talks about his skin moves like liquid. He can't remember things. Nothing's right. right. Nothing's real. Yeah, uh, and you're. I and I wrote down what must happen. What must be happening to your mind if your cells are moving around? I mean, that's kind yeah. of what Ventress was talking about before. Exactly. Like I, it's the beginning of dementia. I'm becoming something else. Yes. So yeah, we then see Kane walk onto camera after Kane has burnt himself. Yeah, the um, OG Kane blows himself up. Yeah, and doppelganger as as Kane. Yeah. As far as yeah. we know, that's what we think. <laughs> We're not, you know, it's not. Who knows? Yeah. And what even? Yeah. Um, and Lena's horrified, and yeah, like, I can't even imagine what that would feel like watching your husband oh my burn God. himself to death. Oh, yeah. In such a serene way, too, and like clearly he has kind of lost it, but like is fine because again, he's a man of faith. Right. Re- that's what he represents. And I think that's why it was the monk reference. Right. Um, yeah. And, there's a and, lot of ways he could have taken himself out, but that's the one. And, and you know, you could imagine that he's he's like, well, I've, I've t- I'm 
I can't do this anymore, but I'm mm-hmm. still here. Yeah. You are me. Yeah. So you, this is going to be okay. You carry on for me. Yeah. It's yours now. Mm-hmm. My life is yours. <sighs> um, Every time I think about it, I just get like even... Oof. This is the horror to me, though. This is this is like the people have argued with me about whether this movie is horror or not, and it is, and it's explicitly horror. Yeah. But it is horror in such an unsettling way. Yeah. And it's so fantastic. Well, there's these, it's, it's that it's, it's that moments. invasion of the body snatchers. Yeah, kind exactly, of, exactly. You know? That's what I was going to bring up. Um, that it's, or, yeah. It's 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 there's there's sort of I mean it's the uncanny like the mm-hmm. idea that you know you could be replaced by something that looks and sounds exactly like you but is not actually you. Yeah. <laughs> so fun. So yeah, uh, then Lena hears something downstairs. Yeah, she hears a voice. The, uh, I keep calling it the badge hole. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking it sort of looks like a sphincter. It does look like a, <laughs> it looks like a sphincter, but it's it, they they there's the first time I watched this is like is this really going with like a mother thing? Oh you know? yeah, because it, it, it's a birth canal moment. Yeah, but in reverse, so you're going yeah. back in and then you come back out. So it's uh, it very much feels like a pregnancy metaphor to me. Interesting. That yeah, I can see that totally. A piece of one piece of DNA goes down. Birth to herself. There's a egg down there. There's the like amorphous yeah, 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 egg, yeah. and there that Ventress becomes, and then Lena's blood penetrates that egg for sure. And then two different things emerge. Yeah. And then kind yeah, of become no, it's one. True. And so that's I. It, it's it probably is a pregnancy metaphor it might not be it just no it's, i think it you know I think it's, it's I, nicely done it's just i don't think that's an accident no <laughs> I, I don't think that, that it's a canal that you go down into where there's something waiting for you that you uh, pe- pe- penetrate in some way yeah and then you emerge like right. that's right <laughs> um so like ventress is there she's kind of like sitting in the middle of this this cavern mm-hmm. this womb yeah this womb for sure a crucible if you want <laughs> yeah but it's a fucking womb um because it's all like biotic and it's very yeah, clearly yeah, yeah, like yeah. reference it feels like a reference to alien or aliens for like, sure when they, uh finds where the xenomorphs are mm-hmm. like the eggs that kill john hurt yeah 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 yeah. Uh, it does look it like it has that. that whole feel to it yeah um and she says very ominously it's the last phase mm-hmm. and she sees lena Oh, and there's that great shot for with uh, that two shot, the soap opera shot. Yeah. Uh, where Ventress is talking to herself and she doesn't have eyes. Like it's just, yeah. super, it's like fucked up skin. Well, and she just says, right. And she says. Um, she looks like a burn victim. She does. Um, and she says, we spoke. What was it we said? Mm-hmm. You don't know when she's referring to or what exactly. Um, and that moment was a real kind of like, um, sort of like a Beckett Ionesco oh, moment yeah. for me. Yeah. Or it's like... Um, I see Beckett. I had Ionesco I've, Where like head. I've been... It's, you sort of feel like she's been waiting there for eternity. Yes. Even though you know she hasn't yeah, been there for very does, long. It has exactly that feel to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and um, which is another... Like this this thing about memory and time and mm-hmm. how time in this film I think is very circular and nonlinear and like... Um, and... And... And memory is always somewhat unreliable yeah so yeah she's down there she has her speech it's cool uh and then she dissolves into light and then into cells and then into the 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 egg thing yeah um and this is the annihilation yes and she We're, says, Anni- that's her last word, is annihilation. Which is the, like, the yeah, one, I'm just it's like, very mm. on the nose. It, yeah, it's like, <laughs> we get it. You don't have to say the title of the film. It's just so, like, it's one, it's one dialogue moment that I'm just like, it never, it just doesn't, there's something about it that doesn't land right for me. And I think it's just because, like. Again, that was another thing that I feel like might have been a little focus grouped. Yeah. Where people, you know, like, 
Rudin saw it or something and was like, yeah. you have to refer to Yeah, it title. feels like a test. It feels like <laughs> a test screen where she didn't say the title of the fucking yeah. film. Um, so this is where, so the, so the definition of annihilation. Yes. The colloquial definition, the way that we think about it is, is complete destruction or obliteration, mm-hmm. um, total def- or total de- defeat. Yes. And the, the physics definition of annihilation is the conversion of matter into energy, especially mm-hmm. the mutual conversion of a particle and an antiparticle into an electromagnetic radiation. Both things happen in this moment. Yep. And that becomes the, the question of the film, too, because we'll get to that. But that's the, the sort of the final question. So Ventures explodes, annihilates, recombines... And a drop of Lena's blood enters. Yes, mirroring that shot of Oscar Isaac, when Oscar Isaac's blood from his mouth drops into the water glass in the yes. beginning of the film before he gets really sick. Yep. Her blood, her blood from her eye drops right. into this um, fractal egg yeah. thing. Toroid. Yeah, yeah, that used to be Ventress. Right. And, they, and it creates this whole other being. And she watches it recombine in real time. Mm-hmm. At least that's, that's the shot. That's what the shot tells us. The visual yeah. storytelling is that we're watching this thing that should take forever happen right away. Yeah. In a very short amount of time, relatively speaking. So uh, it becomes this mirror being, which is my fun fact. This is the woman who played Kyoko in Ex Machina. Yeah. Is in the bodysuit. Which is really cool. It just looks like this. she's this big metal, metallic lady. It's. Uh, <laughs> I think I know the answer to the question, this question. Did you ever play Ocarina of Time? No. So their Link is your hero, right? The guy with the green hat who runs okay. around everywhere. You have this moment in this notoriously difficult dungeon in it, the Water Temple, that you meet Dark Link, who mirrors all of your movements. Oh, sure. And when you, like, the only way to beat it is to run yourself in reverse, essentially. Okay. You have to, like, backflip and kill it that way. Because if you try to attack it, it attacks you and it has, like, superiority, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, you damage each other, but you have to, you, like, will die if you attack it straightforward. So you have to think around the problem. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is totally. And, and, it's, so and it's a fully, like, it's the same character model in the game, but it's just, yeah. uh, like, a shimmery black version. Mm hmm. And so it's, oh, oh I was, sure. I'm sitting here going, like, I've played this video game. Yeah. <laughs> so we have this. So. Lena runs back up, tries to outrun yeah. well, this. Well, she tries to shoot it first. She tries to shoot it. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's not working. We know that's not going to work. Yeah. Um, and she, she runs back up through the uh, birth canal, she is, if you will. She is emerged. <laughs> she emerges. And her, and the, the metal lady is right there. Like, yeah. she's skipped time and, like, gone. She's she's ahead of her. And is looking um, at King's And this body. is where it gets really, really exciting for me because because the only way that, that this... That that she can confront her doppelganger, or the doppelganger can form into her, or whatever. That this transition can uh, happen is through modern dance, guys. The power of the dance. The power of dance. It's amazing. For I love real. it so much. It's a five-minute-long <laughs> dance sequence at the end of at a the movie. end of a sci-fi film. It's so like, cool. How did we get here, and why weren't we here the whole time? This is I all mean, I've ever wanted. I know. It's so weird, and I'm like, yeah. It's so weird. Give and me more. And all of my like, all of my um, drama school Columbia educated avant garde theater movement yep. bells ran off, like went off, and I was like, my MFA was for a reason. I felt See what so they're validated. doing. <laughs> so validated. I'm like, I See, like... I can tell things through movement. God damn it. It's a very very beautiful it's movement important sequence. To study it's, clown. Yeah, it's, it is important <laughs> to study clown. Um, it it it's um, 
Yeah, so they tell this whole story. This whole fight is through their bodies and not yes. in a typical fight way. They're, they're dancing. Because she tries that. She punches her and then gets knocked the fuck right. out. Right. And it's it's a variation on a mirror dance. Yes. Choreographed by this amazing choreographer mm-hmm. named Bobby Jean, who I looked up, who is sort of, who's like very modern choreographer, who's like very well known for um, for sort of incorporating violence into um, into dance. She does a lot of like throwing herself on the floor and she has a lot of she she's very into exposure like a lot of her pieces involve nudity and confronting of the other which is literally what this is exactly no you sent me that video and i was i, I watched a little bit of it when it's I had a second. yeah it i want to so see the whole doc there's a documentary yeah. about yeah, her the full, that i want like, the but there's this real sense of like self-destruction yeah physically like they talked about self-destruction it's a theme through the movie but they're like throwing themselves on the ground and it is this thing where you get the sense that Lena has to has to kind of follow in order to escape. Yes, it's so fucking cool. Sorry. It's, it's really great. Like, it 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 does the thesis without this is exposition without a single fucking word. Yeah. God damn. It is the power of movement. It is. Um. I know we're being assholes, but it's fucking true. <laughs> no, it's really true. It's very <laughs> it's, exciting artistically. It really I, is. I love seeing. Um. And, and, and a, a scene that is like horrifying too. Yeah. Like I'm scared during this scene because sure. you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if Lena's going, if Lena Lena's going to survive, or if Mira Lena's going to survive. Yeah. Uh, and it's this really fucking cool way of doing this. Like, do we combine? Because we there's that pressed moment against the sure. wall. Sure. The very intense. Like she's struggling. She's struggling, and she stops struggling. And that's when things change. Yep. So um, she's finally able to at the end of this uh, really cool dance fight. Yeah. That is driving the action forward. And I don't know if I've ever seen a non-musical that involves a dance sequence that drives the action forward in my life. No. So anyway, yeah, um, I just had to geek out more about the dance. It's super fucking cool. And I'll (laughs) do it forever. But she hands her the white phosphorus grenade. But yes, I think the theme that she has to, she has to kind of reconcile herself with herself in order to, in order to, to fight this well, and there's, a, there's an interesting, and I hope that I'm not reading too male gazy into this. I, I, I don't think that I am because I know, because there's the history of doppelgangers. Yeah. So the history of doppelgangers well, this, yes. is both violent and sexual. For sure. And I feel that this dance piece is both of those things. Like her being pressed against the wall like that in another sort of circumstance could be really hot, but it also can be very violent, right? But yes, I think you're right. And I, I also, I'm going to, I did a lot of undergrad my thesis was uh-huh. about was about doppelgangers and right. Tolstoy and this and the, his very fucked up little novella the Kreutzer Sonata right and what it's 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 about a man a protagonist telling a story about like why he killed his wife basically mm-hmm. and he is like con- he is convinced that that his wife had an affair but the reason why he's so threatened by this particular man who he thinks that his wife has slept with is that he's just like him right he's like he is, he is this kind of weird doppelganger. And if he's just like me, then what's wrong with me? Exactly. Or, yeah. Yeah, it, it gets into a cool circular spiral question-y thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, I was thinking about Dostoevsky's The Double. Oh, yeah. Because uh, well, I, that, yes. not that long ago, watched the Richard Iowade adaptation of that with Jesse Eisenberg. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you were telling me about that last night. I, I haven't really seen cool. that. It's got... The tone of it feels a little... When I say tone, I mean the actual feel of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, like the visual feel of it uh, feels very much like Snowpiercer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because it's this grimy industrial sort of sure. thing. But it's it's just super well done. And it, and it does play both with the sexual and uh, uh, psychological 
yeah. sides of yeah. sexual and the violent sides of doppelganger. Yeah, you know, and I think the like traditional myth does it, your doppelganger both wants to fuck you and kill you. Yeah, and so I think that that's an interesting moment here to just bring all of that in because it do, again, it's this movie has read its history. Yes, it wants to fuck you and kill you. And Tolstoy would say that creation itself is adultery. He was like this weird self-hating artist who oh, yeah. like believed um, <laughs> who he, he was like, well, I'm compelled to make art and art is the same thing as sex and se- sex is the same thing as an adult as adultery. So everybody needs to just stop like fucking and writing and making art because they're all sins. But he kept doing it <laughs> and he had 13 children yep. and he couldn't stop any of it. Yep. So <laughs> um, oh, but but he and obviously like the Russians in general yeah. had a big, big stuff with doppelgangers in the well, and it's the an Eastern Uncanny. European myth yeah because yeah. the Germans have a lot too mm-hmm. but there's a play that I was uh, I, I built I did the set for I wanted to be in but I built, ended up being Master Carpon in college uh, The Ugly One okay great play but it involves only four actors but like ten roles yeah and they switch seamlessly ideally they switch seamlessly between yeah and they're all named the same, but they're all but they are distinct in very oh, that very. That sounds like a play I'd like to be in. It's really really cool. <laughs> I it's one of I didn't think Germans could be funny, uh, <laughs> and I laughed out loud reading the script. Like I was dying reading the script, and I wanted to be in it they so be funny. bad. Yeah, exactly once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so she's having this fight literally with herself. Yes, uh, um, and trying to destroy herself or recombine herself or it's it's it, it again yeah. yeah this whole dance movement is the entire thesis of the film again restated in a new interesting way yeah so if she has she to confront yeah. the, the, the it's it's also that wizard of oz thing of like yes. um um i i was i i just it was i it my was, home was there the whole time i just had yeah. to click my heels together three times she was there the whole time and she is the person that she had to confront in order to get to the other side yeah. the whole time yeah and it's a really she, yeah. weird hero's journey. It's super cool. Yeah. <laughs> so she does end up destroying her mirror self by getting her mirror self to trust her. We think. We think. <laughs> so the mirror self uh, is handed the incendiary grenade. She rips the pen. She runs. Yeah. Uh, the the phosphorus grenade goes off again. Uh, and we see her on fire. And she goes and touches the forehead of the burned Kane, mm-hmm. of OG Kane. Yes. Uh, and then we're back. And so we see everything sort of catching on fire. The glass catches on fire. Everything is burning. Well, yeah, it destroys the whole shimmer, right? Like, right. like the 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 it. Um, she like she like kills herself, her doppelganger yeah. self, which and the the lighthouse explodes. The shimmer explodes. She basically saves the world in this moment. Right. We think. We think. Um, and then we're back to the interrogation room. Right. So she explains this to Benedict Wong and basically sort of what happened. And then she's like, okay, come on. Now what the fuck happened? Was what, What's going on with my husband? Where is he? Yeah. I mean, and there's this really interesting shot where she has a glass of water next to yes, her. Yes, that's and it's, right. And once again, it's refracting her hand. But you, but it, there's also this like slight shimmer in the water. And mm-hmm. that's where you're like, wait, was she the original yeah. who got out? And we think so. And in a way, I mean, I think you're. it's definitely supposed to be ambiguous. But in a way to me, it doesn't really matter. I think that's right. I love that about this movie. It's like, doesn't fucking matter. Because even if, like, even if she is the original Lena, 
she's been just by being there she's been so, so refracted changed. and yeah. bifurcated so many times that she's not the original Lena no. you know so this is why I brought that shit with Theseus earlier <laughs> yeah so she's changed yeah. so many fucking times is she still the same one and that's the open question at the end it remains a thought experiment which I love it doesn't answer the question right so she goes Kane's fine uh, that's what Benedict Long reveals he's like honestly the second the shimmer went down everything returned to normal his blood pressure stabilized mm-hmm. he is 100% healthy so she goes she talks to him and asks him. Oh, and they have this... It's, again, this is another beautiful scene between Natalie Portman and, and Oscar Isaac. The only time we've seen her... It's one of two times... Or, I guess, what, uh, in bed, on the couch, and this is the third time we see them be comfortable with each other, but in a new way. Yeah. Um, so, are you the... There's, there's love in this moment. There is love in this moment, but it also made me very sad. Yes. Um, it's it's I, I cried a little bit and it was <laughs> I did too and I mean I could cry maybe thinking about it but yeah. you know the first thing she says is you aren't Kane are you and he says I don't think so yeah um, and then he asks are you are you the original Lena? are you Lena and she doesn't answer yep and they hold each other yeah and his eyes shimmer and her eyes shimmer yeah annihilation right I mean yeah I, like, and that's the end of the film but they um, they, yeah they have this you know that they're gonna be together and they're gonna stay together I think yeah. you know that but you also but they're shells of their former selves they are shells and they are new and I mm-hmm. think that's so interesting it's just mm, chef kiss yeah yeah what else? So that's the film it is it took us a while to get through um, it but we talked about a lot in we there. did um, I I think what do I have? Oh yeah, I was gonna say that um, apparently there was an alternate alternate ending to yes. this, um, that where you it was totally ambiguous. Yeah. Um, who, which, whether original or OG or doppelganger, yeah. Lena got out of that lighthouse, mm-hmm. and they were like, "No, you're just you can't do that." Yes. And then, and there was gonna be a shot of like a whole bunch of meteors hitting the Earth at one time. Yeah. So. There's a sense that this was an apocalypse, and they took yeah. that out, which actually I think is good because yes. I like the. Mystery I don't like of... that ending. Yeah, that's yeah. Not, that feels very Hollywood. Yeah, and that is not Garland style at all. During a test screening, uh, one of the producers is like, "Fuck this!" They had a really bad test screening mm-hmm. uh, of this of this cut that we watched. Oh wow! So people hated it, and a producer hated it, and was like, "Absolutely fucking not! You need to take out the ambiguity at the end." It needs to be absolutely clear. No one can say, I don't know. They need to say yes or no. And he wanted them to Whatever. make uh, Lena more sympathetic. Like, basically take out her plot line. Right. Oh, we cheating. love that. And Scott Rudin. But the woman has famous to be asshole, likable. Scott Rudin, yeah, but famous asshole Scott <laughs> Rudin said, fuck you. Yeah. We're not doing that. I'm not going to make Garland do that. I'm siding with him. The creator gets to control the creation. Yeah, well, that that's good. Yeah, so good on you, Scott Rudin, for giving us this cut because I can't imagine a cut of this that I would like more. Oh, for sure. I, it was I, more I ambiguity was... might be fine, but I think that even I like the amount of ambiguity we have. There's a little bit of an answer, but not a full answer. Right, and it, it, it leaves you where it started you of right. what the fuck. And is I mean, this? I I wouldn't. I'm the one thing that's like extremely mysterious to me is like what are the mechanics of the entire shimmer breaking down because she set off a grenade which is exactly right. what he did before and that didn't happen but it that's i think that's why we know that it was shimmer lena that was destroyed and original kane that was destroyed oh original yeah, yeah, yeah. Kane wasn't of the shimmer and shimmer lena was of the shimmer interesting she's yeah. a she's a creation of and therefore connected to all 
Uh He's merely, he's a glass of water. She's H2O. Oh, okay. If that tracks. I think that makes sense. That everything is everything else. But what I think also happens, so fire doesn't actually destroy. It just annihilates, physically speaking. So it turns matter to energy. uh, Converts matter to energy. And energy can neither be created nor destroyed. Yeah. Like what we see with the fire is that it, you know, releases a bunch of ash and it goes everywhere and we can think about that as like a spore For, yeah so i think i haven't read the novel or the subsequent two in the trilogy but i will but i would imagine that that's sort of what happens is that when the shimmer breaks it actually explodes it's like a compressed gas and it or, or like or like a, sure. or like a mushroom like releasing spores sure. and creating more mushrooms i think that's essentially what we're getting mm-hmm. and that's why because when he the when shimmer cane exited the shimmer his body broke down. Yeah, because it was an un—it was a hostile environment. Yeah, it'd be like walking into uh, us walking into like a, a sulfur-based environment. Right, right, like right. Because uh, even like Ben Wong asked about the life. He's like, oh, "Is it carbon-based? Is it what? Is it da, 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 da. And she's just like, mm. "Right." So I think that that's what it is. That's why he's able to survive, and that's why she's able to survive out of there because she's recombined as well. Oh yeah. That's my take. Cool. That they've they didn't win. They lost. Yeah, because I mean, she talks that about to that me... too. Like she talks about how it's not about like you, you. You don't understand. I wasn't out to kill her. She only attacked me because I attacked her. Yeah, she was curious and learning and mirroring me and become trying to become me, but not in an aggressive way. Right. She she defends the doppelganger and it confuses him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he's like, get attacked. Well, it was she, she it was a creep. Yeah, because yeah. that it was a it was like the. It was the birth of this new creature learning right. how to be in the world. It wasn't, yeah. um, it wasn't a like a nefarious villain. Right. So, yeah, I guess some other things that we had to say on it. I mean, we we covered basically everything we yeah. said we were going to. Um, it's fucking garbage. This was nominated for zero goddamn awards. I know, not but a fucking Saturn, not an Academy Award, nothing, nothing, and that's insane to me. This is one of the best films that came out in 2018. Yeah, and I know that like most non-specific like it wasn't nominated for a BAFTA and like he's Alex Garland's been nominated before he was nominated for best screenplay for Ex Machina yeah fair uh, wasn't for Sunshine insane but and he wasn't nominated for Let Never Let Me Go either yeah that's uh, I, I mean I, I agree which I, I'm I have reading right but yeah I mean I have really no uh, um, I, awards I think are bullshit they're, they're, yeah and the Academy especially yeah. I mean I was very heartened this year, yes, by Parasite Sweep, but um, and Taika winning, and yeah, but I, yeah. I, but but again, there were no, there Green were, Book won last year. We Green know Book won last year. Parasite got zero acting nominations, yeah. which is insane. You know, Lupita Nyong'o wasn't nominated for us. Jordan Peele Doesn't wasn't nominated any for sense. us. Us wasn't nominated I, for anything. Right, not right. a single, not production but, I mean, design, the very not acting, least her not directing, performance. not screenplay, nothing. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's just there's like a lot of nonsense. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean, this deserved this film definitely deserved stuff it didn't get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's just it's frustrating to me that like uh, some of the best art that we've had, and I've made this statement before, and I will die on this fucking hill. Horror is one of the best genres we have, partially because it's so broad, but it's such an it's a genre in which people innovate constantly. Well, it's very yeah, and it's very structurally sound. Yes. Awards are bullshit, but yeah. yes, this. I mean, I would have. The fact that the score wasn't nominated is crazy. Also, yeah. I mean, there's, just so, there's so many things in this that are nominatable. In a yeah. year that, like, 2018 was not, there were some really strong pieces of it, but I'm trying to think of, like, a better movie that came out that year. There was competition, but there was, I don't think, anything 
nearly as innovative as this. Um, I would, I mean, I would argue Roma, but but in a completely and totally different genre. That's fine, and I I, I'm, um, I would be happy to see them go against each other. I want strong competition, not weak competition. There is um, The Favorite, which I loved. Yes. Anyway, yeah, this absolutely should have been in the conversation. Yeah. it's But and I think it was, it, it, it's just very weird, you know, um, and it's a weird genre film, and I think yeah. just that's surface level enough to make it to make the academy go mm, no yeah it's funny because like i think of shape of water but shape of water is not that weird it just looks oh, weird it's not weird at all yeah it's a linear story <laughs> it's traditional story it's, yeah it's a fairy tale yeah it's a beautiful fairy tale and I, and I it's fantastic it's just and i'm not saying anything against him but it's it's not weird in the way kind of way that makes people turned off by it i guess uh and that's frustrating because I, I i like this version of non-linear storytelling and i yeah. like these characters who are very real and very flawed. Like, no one is a, a type or a trope. Absolutely. Not specifically. Absolutely. And, I mean, I'm sure that there's some some element somewhere of somebody, you know, like, feeling like it's not serious because it's, like, on almost all female cast. Yeah. There's... Absolutely, <laughs> that's part of it. I'm uh, just gonna go out and say that. You don't have to co-sign, but I'll say it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure. It's just, it's it's, just so boring, yeah. you know? <laughs> And it's such a, so one cool thing, that last cool thing that ties in with the theme of all of this. So I think we talked about this last night as well, but he, so Alex Garland had only read the manuscript of the first book because this is a trilogy called the Southern Reach trilogy. There's two more books after this that Vandermeer wrote. They had not been released at all. None of them had actually been released widely. He just had a manuscript of Annihilation. Mm -hmm. uh, When he began writing the script and by the time he finished the script and it started casting, because they shot this in 2016. Yeah. Uh, it was shot two years before it was released, which fair enough. A lot of there's a lot of VFX that went into this, and uh, Garland is notorious for very long projects. Yeah, uh, he, it's why he only makes a few. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but which I think is another bad, ha- a, a interesting habit he picked up from Danny Boyle too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he the, having like that long post production phase and a long pre production phase and a very short actual production because mm-hmm. they shot in a month. Yeah, and the pre production was like three years, and the post production was two years. Which is nuts. That's a long yeah. time. It's very long. <laughs> but what's cool is that he had only read the manuscript. He did not go back and reread it while writing the script. Instead, he relied on his memory of it. Yeah. And what he remembered of being important. And then shaping the story around that. Because he didn't want to just remake the book. He thought that was boring. So he said, let me take what's what I distilled from this really cool work that I loved and put that out. Mm-hmm. But what's funny is that he ended up predicting shit that happened in books two and three. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Someone came to him like he was telling the story I found this quote from him somewhere, I'm trying to remember where it was uh, but he, someone came to him during production like who had read the other two books and was like you know like some of this stuff happens later on he's like oh, huh cool, ready to roll again? <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. Yeah Whew, I have so much more to say about this movie, but we are at two and a half hours. So Yeah, I think we should maybe wrap it up. Yeah. yeah this was really fun. I really enjoyed having you on. Thank, uh, thank you so you. much. I enjoyed being on the show. So, yeah. We're going to have you back on again soon. I know you want to talk about coherence. Yeah, that would be horror fun. Not. I'm very excited if we can get that done soon. That would be dope. But for now, uh, plug shit. You got shit to plug. Um, I don't know if I have shit to plug. I, I, um, let's see. Well, we're in, we're in post-production for a film I did, uh, I, I shot a little while ago called Photoluminescence, which mm-hmm. is a two-hander sci-fi apocalypse movie. Um, <laughs> and hopefully we'll, uh, finish it 
I'm so Hopefully I'm, the director I'm, will finish it I'm so soon. fucking stoked. I can't wait. I, thank you. I am I'm stoked really, too. really excited for it. <laughs> and I don't know. I mean, like, otherwise I'm mostly just, like, hustling a lot. Oh, and I have yeah. another film. <laughs> I have another <laughs> film that's going to be made in May. And it's called... I mean, we're going to shoot it in May, but it's called A Day at the Bark. And it's a... Um, it's a romantic comedy parody. Nice. So, yeah. I mean, I have stuff in the works. Yeah. And, I mean, you and I do, too. Uh, we find out next month. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> we, we have... We, we, <laughs> everything else is, like, applications yeah. Yeah, and all of our shit auditions is just sitting out there right and now. <laughs> callbacks and just waiting to hear. But, um, but yeah, we'll find yeah, out. Yeah, we might have an announcement. That we might have a really cool announcement for June, but we'll find out next month we that we have that. Yeah. Uh, um, I think we're going to get it. Do you want people to find you online? You want them? Oh online? yeah, you can find me online. Um, I'm Instagram Nadia Sepsonwall at Nadia Sepsonwall, and um, well, it's the same as my and Twitter. Yeah, it's the same, and um, and Facebook. It's all the same. Yeah, we'll have it on our Instagram too, so you can see her dope face and her tag and Thanks. how to spell her name and everything. You know what it is. You know how to find us. We are at Horror Babes Podcast on Instagram, and that's our Gmail. If you want to send us shit, I don't know. Just don't send dick pics. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> Horror Babes Pod on Twitter. You can find me at Tofaloaf. That's PHs. Don't. It's boring. It's just pictures of a cat. And then Nicole is the one you should actually check out. Nicole Lee Hood on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much, Beebs. Thank you. Bye.